Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast, RPG Sites podcast. Uh, it's been a crazy month uh, since our... Actually, it's been only just a crazy past couple of weeks. We kind of alluded to that with our last podcast. Uh, if you weren't listening to it, we just didn't have much to talk about. But now that we've gone through it and we have had two Sony conferences, TGS, and some other releases put along the way, uh, there's just way too much to talk about. But we, So let's get right into it. Um, I am Zach Reese, your host, as always. Joining me is Josh Torres. Yo. Hey, Josh. And... Adam Vitali, as we also mentioned, he's uh, skipping out on this podcast. He had a long move. He had to go from, like, I think he's from Georgia, uh, normally, like, in Atlanta. He moved all the way to Albuquerque, New Mexico. (laughs) So he had to drive through the hellhole that is Texas. Uh, As far as driving through it, it's, it's like, Texas is the size of, like, one of the largest (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's not only just like the largest state but like one of the biggest it's the size of like the countries it's like it's bigger than most countries in the in the world that's that's hard to deal with driving through all that uh so he's exhausted from that trip he's unpacking now so he won't be with us instead uh you uh what we have here today um is someone you kind of heard of in the background we have uh andrea torres welcome torres Oh, I missed up the names. Uh, you're not gonna, you two aren't married. Andrew Sharon, sorry. <laughs> I am so... married. Okay, what we did before this podcast, we went through all the news that we were going to talk about, and so I'm already super exhausted. And so, just thinking about talking about all that, I'm sorry, Andrea Sharon. It's that's who you are, Fine. not Andrea Torres. Wow, this is a really bizarre few weeks. Holy not shit! Not as bad as when I messed up Elizabeth's yeah. last time too. So. <laughs> Actually, I, th- I think this is not the first time I messed up your name. I think at like an E3 podcast like li- a year ago, I think I also screwed up your name. So I think I, I called you Andrea too. So yep. it was even worse. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. I dropped something. So I'm trying to get back here. Uh, let's get right into all the news that we have to talk about. But first off, as always, we like to talk about the games that we've been playing since our previous podcast. Josh, um, you've had a lot on your plate, um, um, very yeah. Japanese-oriented. And so first off, you've got Shin Megami Tensei IV Apocalypse, which you did a review for on the site, yep. which you appreciate. seemed like you loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about it a little bit while we, while we have you. Yeah, uh, so I've had, had a double dose of Megaten lately um, versus uh, SMT IV Apocalypse. Um, it's kind of a weird game just from the offset, right? Because it's kind of like a standalone expansion, I want to say. Built to be, yeah. Yeah, because it's it's a sequel to the original SMT4 that was released like three years ago. And, but it's not, it doesn't take off exactly where that leaves off. It kind of starts at the beginning of one of the the paths in it because there's like a law path, like a chaos path and a neutral path. Yeah, you know, just standard uh, in these uh, Shin Megami Tensei mainline games. So this starts a little bit like in the beginning of the neutral path of that game, but you have a new protagonist, a new cast, uh, but very much the same setting, and you also meet up with uh, characters from the previous game as well. So the the really big change about this is in the previous SMT4, you had this kind of bare-bones partner system that would sometimes join up with you at uh, certain points in the story that would like give you a helping hand in battle, whether it's just you know, attacking or casting a spell and whatnot. It's very bare-bones. This one is much more expanded. You, might, you have a, more of like a group of allies uh, that you work with in Apocalypse, uh, then the way they handle that is, you know, you have you can set like your main partner. They all have their different uh, sort of move sets, skills. One specializes in healing, one specializes in buffs, one specializes in gun attacks, etc. So 
as you uh, were, as they help you in battle, whether they attack or cast spells, uh, there's like a new support gauge at the bottom that fills up like uh, little slots. And when that's maxed out, um, and then ne the next time an enemy uh, gets a turn, it actually breaks their turn, disables them, and then they all get a chance to act, whether just healing up your party and casting a buff, and then all attacking the uh, the enemy while disabling their turn. And uh, that's a pretty neat feature that you know gives you a bit of breathing room in battle, uh, whether if you just messed up or you're at like the brink of like you know your health pools, yeah, and whatnot. Uh, the and one of the big big things that they rectified in this lies in the new smirk system that they introduced in the in SMT4. Uh, smirk was infamous for uh, giving you either a big advantage in battle or an unfair like situation that you had no control over. Like I remember in the previous game, there's that infamous Minotaur battle that happens early in the game, and then you were partnered with an ally that had uh, fire spells, and that Minotaur boss was uh, strong against them. It nulled out uh, fire spells. So the smirk system basically works as if you hit a weakness, or you get hit by a spell that you null or reflect, there's a chance of you to get this uh, status ailment. That not only guarantees you like uh, a critical attack uh, next turn, but also it nulls out like your weakness for temporarily while you're while you're in smirk. So let's say that uh, I have a demon that is normally weak to ice. If it has smirk and they try to uh, cast ice spell on them, that won't work. You won't get the the extra press turn. Oh, uh, okay, jeez. Uh, you know, for that, so it, it having a smirk status is great. But so one of the problems was let's say that minotaur fight. This partner that you had no control over would cast that fire spell. It would smirk the Minotaur, and you have no control over this. And then, of course, it's Minotaur's turn, and then he'll do like a party-wide physical attack that, of course, crits all your party members. And then, if they weren't strong enough to withstand it, they'd all die. And you had no control over that. It was just basically rolling the dice on that one. Yeah, that just so, sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, it's the I had, I had a friend that like basically quit the game because of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't blame him. Yeah, I don't blame me either. Um, so how they rectified this in Apocalypse is that partners don't no longer cast spells that they're uh, strong to. They actually access your item pool to, uh, you know, uh, put out a spell that um, they're not weak against. And often not, they'll, they'll actually hit a weakness uh, with that. So they circumvent that entirely, which is great. Uh, no more unfair advantages on that end. And also Smirk is kind of repurposed um, in a way that grants additional effects to your attacks. Like, if you recall, like, you know, the Hama and Mudo skills in these games, like in the Persona series, Mainline Mega 10 and whatnot, like, they're the light and dark attacks that usually instant kill um, enemies. They just have a low accuracy. So what they did is Hama and Mudo now actually do light and dark damage, like much like elemental spells. But if you're using the, these spells while you're smirked, then they regain their properties as an instant skill spells. And then that also extends to, like, say, physical attacks that, like, hey, this will do, like, a powerful attack uh, just normally, but if you're Smirk, this has a chance to, like, uh, like daze them and whatnot or stun them. So Smirk is... Uh, the Smirk mechanic is still very much identical, but not as unfair. It's definitely rebalanced. I heard that was the one of the biggest complaints that they had with the previous game. Like you said about your friend, and so I'm yeah. glad that they fixed that. That seems like what kind of boosted the score for you. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's uh, there's a much more uh, natural 
a difficulty ramp instead of like uh, praying that smirk doesn't work against you, and uh, you know it actually getting uh, progressively more difficult because in four I, rec I recall that the the height of dif difficulty was like kind of like in the first half of the game where you were kind of low on resources, didn't have access to higher demons, but once you got access to that, like the rest of the game became really a, a cakewalk. This also it also because like you can pretty much spec your demons into anything that you wanted without any real re repercussions. So you can have everyone with the same like like well, one one size fits all like spell kit and then like they'd be good for like the whole game. And one of the neat things about an apocalypse is that they you can still freely transfer over any skills you want to a demon, but now they have uh, like skill affinities that they're more specialized into using. So let's say that you have a, a Pyrojack and a Jack Frost uh, that both have ice skills. Obviously, the Jack Frost should be the one that uh, has more powerful ice attacks than the Pyrojack. So, but in SMT4, they, there was really no difference because it was just like it's just, it just depended on the magic stat. So in this one, uh, what they do is their skill affinities have like uh, bonuses and like to uh, to encourage more elemental affinities that the demon is you know tied to. So what, having a higher affinity, like say a Bufu plus four, uh, that's only for Jack Frost and like would be Bufu minus four for Pyro Jack. Uh, having a higher affinity lowers the cost of uh, casting it uh, and having, of course, higher damage with it. So it helps encourage, you know, that like, hey, you should probably spec this demon this way, this physical demon, you should probably put physical uh, like skills on it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And whatnot. So, but other than that, um, I don't really want to talk too much about the story, but they, the way they tell the story is uh, very intelligent because kind of playing off Good. of uh, like the whole mainline Mega Ten series overall. Like uh, it's kind of, since it's taking like the exploring more of the neutral path of the previous game, you don't necessarily have a lot of chaos extreme beliefs, but they're more narrower and uh, much more in shades of gray. There's there's still prevalent ideologies uh like in the when you're selecting a route there's still multiple endings but it makes more sense that like it's not like it has to be one extreme or the other uh and the your main partner demon the one who kind of is navigating you all the way along the way his name is dogda and i have to I have to give props to the voice act the english voice actor that uh, does a very, very excellent job uh, just conveying that character. Very enigmatic, kind of sarcastic. Uh, he's kind of kind of like a little devil on the shoulders. Like, it's just, <laughs> the, the, this whole thing is bullshit. Kid. It looks like the kind of guy who's got a, like, a very smart aleck yeah, personality. It, just very, yeah, very up and uh, Yeah, definitely love that. And there's, it's a, it's a really, really good entry into the, the SMT series. I, I love it. it, it if there's only one downside uh, that I mentioned in my review about it, it's just that it uses pretty much everything that was in SMT4 visually. You'll be revisiting the same areas, even down to the same map layouts. Like when I was when I was lost, like at some maps in there, like it was even enough like to trigger like some memories of the past SMT4 game. It's like, oh yeah, this was the map layout of this. This was its gimmick, and then it's like, yep, that's exactly what it still is. Well, so it's more that they improved the mechanics, but not so much like the assets. Like they didn't do anything yeah. with the assets, really. Not really. I mean, just like a few handful of new demons and yeah. de de designs here and there, but. 
nothing too crazy. It's like a spinoff almost in this case. But in this, but uh, as you said, it's 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 a much improved version. Uh, yes. I think everyone had qualms about Shin Megami Tensei Four, though I did see some replies saying, "What you have issues with it? That was a perfect game." Like, no, no. I also want to just reminded me. I also want to mention that one of the big qualms against uh, SMT Four was if you took a break from that game. Like it was very hard to get back into it because there was no way to really navigate you around to where the next story beat was. Like when you go back into it, there's no, like no obvious like flag or visual saying, "Hey, you have to go here next. This is where it is." Uh, in this one, there's like a new mapper tool. Like you just press a button, and then it's like, "Okay, this is your exact destination next." And then there's like a little uh, notes uh, feature that like kind of give a, a brief summary of like, "Okay, this is what's happened so far. This is your next destination." So it's one of the it's definitely one of the easier games to like get back into, I imagine, That's if you good. take like a month or two break. That's why I never beat it for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's the thing though, it's like would you still recommend people play the first one though before going into the going into this one? I would say if you really, really dig the world of SMT four, yes, because like the because the the previous cast involvement, it's it's pretty heavily tied to this. It's not mandatory to like um, understand like the whole whole story like it's it's very much a complete uh, start and end tale but if you really dig the world of SMT4 and you you, you like the lore behind it you like the world design you kind of you want to know more about the roots of like the other side of the conflict um, I would recommend SMT4 first but I but just even just like a, a let's play of that will be fine okay so that's what I was kind of wondering about because you can usually find Shin Megami Tensei 4 for like 15, 20 bucks. Oh, it's 20 bucks normally, but it's on sale quite often. I don't know how it is in Europe, of course, since that's more recent, yeah. uh, to say the least. But uh, he- here in uh, the eShop, it tends to be on sale quite often. But uh, yep. so <laughs> the next game you have listed, we're not going to talk too much about just because right. you said you had a double dose of Mega 10, although I think some people would call Blasphemy just like, that's not Megami Tensei anymore. <laughs> uh, you, you, of course, imported a copy of the mm-hmm. one of the most anticipated games. I think we... We call it the biggest, the most anticipated game of 2015. So I guess we're gonna have to move to 2016. Persona 5. Um, yes. So just so people listening don't have to freak out. No, we're not gonna spoil anything. Oh. Uh, you did post an article just earlier today, as of this recording, September 18th, 2016, uh, about your thoughts on the game so far. It doesn't have any story spoilers. Um, right. It's more just about the mechanics that you're having fun with, mm-hmm. like the uh, the characters, the style, which seems obvious that yes. that would be the biggest thing you liked. Um, just very briefly, without, of course, we're never going to go into it, just because we know we respect people's right to not be spoiled. Mm-hmm. Even if we have like a spoiler warning ahead of time, we want people to enjoy the long, long wait. It's going to be so enjoyable. Yeah. Um, what, what, very vaguely, uh, it seems like you've been having a lot of fun with it, though. Yeah. Uh, I've, very impressed with the Persona 5 so far. I'm about the just I'm almost reaching the 15 hour mark in it. I've been playing a lot of it. So 90 hours to go. Yes, pretty much. Um, Persona 5 is I'd like to call it like a culmination of like the greatest hits of Persona systems. There are it's still very much uh, structured in the way of Persona 3 and 4 uh, with the calendar system and whatnot. Yeah, uh, the same job. Yeah. Story. Yeah, so but it has a lot of mechanics that are reminiscent of Persona One and Two. Like the for example, they brought back uh the separating the sword and gun attacks that you saw in Persona Two. Uh Demon nego- negotiation is back, uh much like Persona Two, but it's uh more streamlined uh and because you're kinda more 
when you get them into demon, demon negotiations, they're already in a in a setting which like they're already peer the demons already feel peer pressured into you know kind of joining you. Um, but in terms of like the way they they tell it off the offset, um, it's very uh, th- think of it like a, a film noir, but that like if, if you remember those movies that like kind of start off like three fourths of the movie and it's like mm-hmm. oh shit like things went wrong you're wondering how I got into this huh oh yeah, and, uh, yeah. record scratch <laughs> yeah hey, pretty much, much. <laughs> yeah. you might want to wonder how I got it. into this situation I said I wouldn't import it but yeah, yeah. You, you will Andrea I heard that once you get done with schoolwork it's I it's feel like I'm plan. going to inevitably <laughs> my friend's like I want like, I, I, I probably won't get it it's like in a few minutes like an hour or two later I see him uh, playing the game <laughs> I, I had no less than like three or four people asking if the Japanese version had English subs and I was just thinking like do you think anyone would have a problem with waiting five months if they could just get <laughs> <laughs> English subs like Atlas USA was like alright well we've got the script done we might as well send it to you while we're working on it what else do you have to work on it's not much so it's, it's such a dumb thing I know uh, just but, common sense people but yeah yeah so it, it uh, so when you're going back into like the roots of like how the protagonists got there it's a, it's a, just because they're still in the high school setting doesn't bar them from like a much more like you know uh, mature setting uh, mature themes like School the way pretty mature, the, yeah. the, the, the way this game progresses even how it opens up it's already quite like way more violent than what you saw in persona 4 well, uh, uh, once again let's not get into specifics okay I, i'm not gonna get specifics i won't give examples i won't i won't get examples it's sure. just like saying that like it's just but like i said it's just a Darker. much more it's much more brutal in the sense that seemed obvious i mean there are people out there who have been total blackout haven't paid attention to the trailer so i'm not going to bring up like specifics yeah i'm not going to go that's the, the that's teaser the, let's go back way back to like the teaser as like you saw like a row of chairs with chains around them saying like if you want emancipation whatever the hell that was about it just it, it always seemed already seemed pretty dark and just from the media that we've seen so far it, it seems like it's a, it's a darker tone than what we saw in persona 4 it's no longer like the outskirts of some no no c- uh, civilization in this rural area it's it's definitely more uh control definitely more a bit it seems like a bigger power stroke yeah it's uh like it the game feels it's very busy like uh atmosphere wise you're set in tokyo now you're not in inaba you're not in uh, tatsumi port island uh so the way they structure tokyo is uh very much filled to the brim with like people at populated spots like they they do a smart thing to like kind of offset like the the load of the of the game like just nameless like faceless uh you know uh, city people just roaming yeah. around, just like they, they kind of, they, they, yeah, they kind of they're kind of silhouettes, kind of like phase in, and just whatnot. like Shimagami, of, like so Nocturne it's, almost. Okay. It's, it's, yeah, it's very stylized in that sense. Uh, while while it's not like the most technically like you know impressive game graphics wise, the way they work around their art design is phenomenal. Like yeah. it's just uh, very amazing what they what they do to kind of bring a certain feel to this game, especially the the new musical direction. Musical direction is kind of more like acid jazz, more, more like groovy in a sense. So uh, no, nothing static, everything's moving. It seems mm-hmm. everything. Flows. Yeah, it's like it's like anyone who's like seen like you know the opening video of it, you'll kind of get a, a gist of like what the. Uh, Did you say gist? Yeah, the gist. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a hard G for it, it, the gist. It, 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 it's like the GIF and GIF thing. Okay. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's really. <laughs> Continue on. Either way. 
It's like tomatoes and tomatoes, all right? No, you can't protect yourself from this. I'm going to call it every single one. I'm, a, I'm an editor. I got to call it your mistakes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even if I'm only here and I'm not reading it. Either way, so it's a, very much uh, not in the same style, even music design, Persona 3 and 4, uh, not even like even Persona 1 and 2 uh, in that sense. And then you also have much better character models. Like Persona 3 and 4's character models were kind of bad, to be honest. Yeah, they're but then we're like, talking about it from like 2000, late maybe? PlayStation 2 game in 2008, which has already been yeah. Yeah, exactly. But SD it, game. Even, even, even relatively speaking. Just, of course, of course. Uh, so the character models are much more expressive. They they animate a lot more vividly, wildly. And how they manipulate these, like, there's actually proper, like, cutscenes this time around. There's a, there's a good number of, like, even anime cutscenes uh, earlier on. But also, like, like in-game engine cutscenes that have, like, their own uh, camera angles, cinematography, and whatnot. And just like some of like the early game bits and how your party comes together is uh it's awesome it's just the way they they convey everything just it's it's so hard to like not talk about not spoilers uh, just there's a certain like much more darker feel to it and a, but more intense more gritty it's it's just it feels like it's hard, more hard boiled kind of yeah, style that's cool pretty much um and i mean just I, uh, it's gonna be awesome. It sucks yeah, to meet you guys they, that can't play yeah, it. There's also, there's, there's, there's also uh, a cover mechanic now that, like, you know, since you're Phantom Thieves, like you can like uh, sneak around cover and whatnot, and that's uh, pretty cool. That's because that's how you get initiative into like you know battle encounters. Like if they if they spot you, things can go south really badly, especially early game. So it's uh, having uh, this big focus on like the, a stealth element in a Japanese RPG that has turn-based combat is freaking bizarre yeah it seems like every game nowadays the only way you do an initiative is you have to swipe your weapon out in the field and catch an enemy off guard in this game it seems like it's way more realistic in a sense like you're actually literally getting the jump on somebody sometimes <laughs> so yeah so, but uh i'll get more into like uh it that's just a big because i plan to do an impressions article on this uh, that will be filled like with spoiler warnings when andrea and finally whatnot, buys it but, you uh, have to do a spoiler cast for it maybe. yeah i, I want to do i want to do a spoiler cast with andrea and uh aaron when i get a yep. chance aaron's aaron's the only one currently now playing it i think everyone's like shipment of the game got delayed one way or another i think like play asia for some people it's not being shipped until the 20th which really mm-hmm. sucks Five days after everyone else is almost like done with the game, probably just because they're playing it nonstop. I know another guy. Um, I think he's about thirty hours, and he's just been playing it nonstop. It's thirty hours, and the game's it's, only been out for a few days. It's, it's, it's easy to lose yourself playing this game. Like yeah. you, you'll play it, and then like you'll look at your gameplay, and kind of it's like, no way, it doesn't feel like it's that, that's been that many hours. It's pretty impressive. So yeah, before we uh, skirt too closer to spoilers, or at least once again, we're respecting people's wishes to not be spoiled. We're not really going to address that any further on this podcast. Uh, we'll check in every now and then, of course, just not much, just because we know it's it's going to make that wait that much harder to deal with. But um, as we just talked about, you'll be able to check out some impression pieces, um, a spoiler cast for people that don't care about spoilers and just want to enjoy the thoughts without having to be held back. Um, and more uh, we uh, things kind of come up as they do and you even got some videos in the works it seems so yeah it should be exciting 
Uh, let's go right into what Andrew's been playing now. Andrea, you've been working on a game for review. Uh, I actually yeah. got a little bit, I got to play this a little bit myself, but it's Psychopath's Mandatory Happiness. You're not allowed to be sad. Uh, what, <laughs> what, uh, what have you been your thoughts so far? How far, um, how long have you gotten into the game? So, far? um, I think I'm about at the halfway point. Um, that's about but... where I stopped in the anime. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, what, bringing me to that point. Point. Um, I've actually been enjoying the game so much that I also stopped about halfway in the anime, but uh, two days ago I finished it up. I just started watching it while I was at work and all of that. Um, and I, I mean, I love the anime. I didn't actually drop it just because I didn't like it, but it was more of a time thing. No, totally. So, I stopped. Yeah. It was, I, was, I was really enjoying it so far. I just Second season's uh, bad, though. Don't watch the second season. Oh, well, no. I'm... She already did. So. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. I haven't watched the second season. Oh, you I stopped the... Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I watched all 22 episodes of the first season. Um, oh, so okay. I, really I think liked... I stopped like at episode 13. <laughs> That's what I was... The first core is where I stopped. But anyway, keep going. Don't mean to cut gotcha. you off. But yeah, no, I finished it. Um, and I like... I think I was a little worried going into the, the visual novel just because I was worried that these like original characters wouldn't feel like they belonged in the universe, but they totally do. So that fear was kind of like thrown out the door. It's they're great. They're not um, avatars. They're totally like actual characters. That's awesome. right. Right. And that's, I prefer that more in visual novels. And I say yeah. that as someone that plays a lot of Otome games. So I'm always playing like this weird insert yourself <laughs> insert characters. Protagonist. The one <laughs> right. stuck in a cage or whatever. Like, <laughs> amnesia. Oh my God. Amnesia. <laughs> They're not totally blank slates. They're actually really good. Um, there's two of them, and you can take their different routes and all of that. Um, but right now, I am working on my first run through. But it's brutal. Um, yeah. Kind of like in the same <laughs> um, vein as Psychopaths. It's so really for good, a visual though. novel, it'll be it'll shut you down really quick. Um, and it'll you'll get an ending, and it'll restart you again. Which again, as someone that plays a lot of Otome games that are visual novels. You don't really run into that as much. Um, right, so, uh, in, the, in, the, in the routes in this game, in this game, is there like, uh-huh. the, do endings like come up like abruptly, and then that so that means that like you don't have to like commit too much to a path, yeah. knowing that like a bad path, or does it like go into like extended sequences into that bad ending, and it's like oh shit, I still have to go back hours and hours back for this like root split. Save a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, because it's you, a visual novel. Save it every decision is yeah, always that, the thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, you can definitely get yourself into that corner. And I mean, that part is a little irritating, but I mean, it feels like it comes with the territory of a visual novel. Mm -hmm. What I am, as much as I do like it, I feel a little disappointed about the music um, because Mm -hmm. Psychopaths for me, so much of it was about the music. It's awesome. I loved it. Um, The openings, the endings, and the intense scenes. Oh, the opening sound for Psychopaths. So good. (laughs) I like the the second opening. It's rad. Both are really good. But even in some of the more intense action sequences, it has some really awesome music. So right. whenever I'm like working or something, I'll... I hear it already. Yeah. <laughs> what a very but... intense work. You want to listen to that music? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God, my life is at stake here. <laughs> but for the game, it kind of lacks that. Well, at least, I mean, I haven't beat it, so grain of salt. But it hasn't really hit that high note yet with the music. It's um, more like just so... builds tension, and that's about it. Right. It doesn't seem to do much from what I've played. Yeah, so I'm kind of hoping maybe at some point with some of the bigger plot twists or something that it'll kind of pick it up. But that's really my only problem with it. I think I'll 
save the rest for whenever I review it. Yeah. But, I mean, I I only played like a couple hours of it, but that first like actual story bit cuz this is supposed to be it's not they're not retelling the anime. It's a totally different like story right. that's set in the same universe with the same characters, but it's like you're introducing these two new characters. You can play you start the game as either the male character or the female and they have totally different stories, their own thing. Uh but they they're actually appearing in each other's game. It's not like you're just taking that role, right? So Right. I, it was really cool. I really like the the first real story in that game, uh, just because it's such a interesting story. Like the dynamic between these two kids <laughs> trying to go off on their own, and then uh, they've got that. For people who have not seen Psychopaths, I mean, Andrew, you probably can explain this better than I because it, it's been a while. But can you just briefly mention like what the setup for Psychopaths is about? So you have like the enforcers. Um, what are they called? The enforcers in the what? Oh, man, uh, I can't. I can't. The what? The nominators? The what do- nominators. Like the oh, yeah. The, dom- <laughs> the, nom- <laughs> the nominators. nominators. <laughs> nominators. Somebody to take over. Yeah, it's... So you have that same setup in the game, um, but with the, the original characters in Psycho Pass, I had it pitched to me at Gamescom like you could play the game without um, watching the anime, and I kind of disagree because you're thrown <laughs> all of these characters that exist in the anime. And I feel like you need some kind of background with them, whether you're like Zach and you've only watched half of it. I think that's totally fine. Wait, I'm sorry. But I, I, I had to go back. You said the dominators. That's, I think you're talking about thinking about the dominator gun enforcer. <laughs> yeah. The, it's, the it's, enforcer and the, yeah. The, oh, man, the, the terminology is fucked in this, in this series. I'm playing it right now and I've gotten it I'm back. I'm going to look this up because I, I, I heard Dominators. I'm like, that can't Dominator be right. Dominator oh, the, the people, it's, it's, it's... and suppression system. Yeah, it's like, it's 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 not that the people aren't called Dominators. It's no, it's like, they're gun. called Enforcers. Like, oh, yeah. the people are Enforcers. The, the gun is the Dominator. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, Zach, I think you want <laughs> no, the Dominator. It was so confused because I thought you were, we were talking about who the two people are. Like the, you're either like, you're like the <laughs> Detective or the inspector, and then you've got the the, You're the either people the that were former or dominator. Right. We're yeah. Kind of like, I was like, that's that means the same thing. What? <laughs> the enforcer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah, it's it's basically like um, and yeah, it, it's a crime. It's it's like a crime series, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're upset or sad or whatever, and the gun knows it, then you're fucked. Oh, it's like minority. It's like people have seen the movie like Minority Report. They can tell people are going to commit a crime before it actually happens because they've got like mood rings in a sense uh, that tells them, okay, that's starting to get cloudy. Uh, they are not able to control themselves. There are characters that take it more seriously than others, like more literally in a sense that if it's cloudy, okay, that definitely means that guy is going to be a criminal. We got to catch him and arrest him before anything happens. So they're actually kind of like being prejudiced. So that kind of plays into it a lot. Uh, it's a really dangerous mood ring. Yeah, it's definitely is because it's like, uh, like for example, in this game, it's like something that can be totally innocent, or at least that that's uh, what is actually happening. It's supposed to be a very innocent uh, situation. Some people, some cops, uh, in this case, uh, might think like they're up to no good immediately, which I guess kind of plays into like real world uh, situations uh, quite a bit. And that's kind of the fun of watching that show is that you can kind of base it in reality quite often. But it's it's kind of got that ghost in the shell, like uh, cyberpunk. Uh, yeah, it draws from a lot of that. Near future, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely got that. Isn't, isn't Psychopaths from... Do people make Ghost in the Shell? Or my is a production it? IG is totally behind it. I know that much. 
Um, I don't know. I just know Urobuchi is probably behind like it. I think. Yeah, it's he is the writer. So yeah. Mandatory Happiness has like that same setup that the anime does, with the same premise of the the guns and the moods and getting I, killed or being moody. I but think it was Psychopaths was meant to be like a sequel to Ghost in the Shell in a sense. It was like the thing that they wanted something as successful as it. But anyway. Yeah, they also have like their own arcs outside of that main bit that these two additional characters that I won't spoil, but there's... can you roll Matt's characters in it? Definitely. Well, that's kind of, yeah, it's, 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 it's what it's playing into is the dynamic between these two. What would, as you, as we said, was, would normally be avatars, but no, they actually wrote in proper stories and arcs and everything for both of them, not just the one you're playing as. And that's really cool. And they're both good characters. Like they're not poorly written self-insert. It's yeah, it's they're very much the people that have their own motivations. Uh, And it's great voice acting all around too. Even for the avatars, they're great. I think in that sense. It is actually my first experience with the Japanese version. I watched the dub. So, Oh Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I've I've never watched dubs, but I happened to watch the dub of psychopath. Can you romance dominators? <laughs> I mean, it's going to be difficult, but <laughs> kiss, kiss up to the dominator. Oh. <laughs> the dominator does have a voice, so I guess if it's like talking to your phone, like talking to Siri and trying to romance her, it's almost the same thing. Oh, man. That's next level. <laughs> She's like, stop joking around. It's what I'll keep saying over and over. Stop, stop <laughs> uh, but yeah, Psychopaths, Mandatory Happiness. It's a visual novel for the PlayStation 4, PlayStation Beta. Yes. Uh, so, uh, they haven't, it, it didn't, it was not like an Xbox one in, in, in Asia, but they didn't announce that for the West. Uh, I guess, wasn't that also announced for like the PC recently or am I misremembering? Was it? I think it might've been, I'm going to look this up. Cause I almost thought that they ported it recently. Uh, Maybe I'm totally wrong about that. Yeah, no, it is. It was totally. It was announced for PC. Oh, well, like, okay. Yeah, it was, it was announced um, not long ago. Oh, God, I cannot. We're doing fact checking all over on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be constant. Once we get the news section, we're like, we're like oh, did like, that well, happen? <laughs> we don't keep up on these things. We're really poor at researching things. Uh, yeah, it's just a flood of news today. Let's, just let's, so much going on. Yeah, it was it was totally announced for PC. Uh, maybe this past summer but that's yeah it was yeah i think it was oh it was that the end of the trailer had a steam logo i think that's what people got confused about um but yeah i'll have my review up soon yeah so so great all right let's let's yeah so uh look forward to that but let's talk about the other games so you've got dark cloud you actually went back and played dark cloud arguably better than dark cloud too what are your thoughts on dark cloud Mm. um well i beat dark cloud recently it was my first time to beat it because when i was little i could never get past um the sea witch lady the the yeah Yeah. so she shut me down every time as a kid so i finally went back and i beat it um i put like 50 hours into it and i only have one trophy left and i cannot get a freaking bandit ring or a bandit slingshot just for that one stupid trophy (laughs) i looked it up and everybody on gaff was like yeah it only took me like three hours into the game to get one but i've been playing that game for 50 something hours i guarantee you 10 of them have been going back through dungeons trying to find is is it a drop from like a monster drop it's a drop 
It's like Earthbound all so over again. RNG just like hates me. Or you can get it from a big chest, actually. How does it, it uh, look um, on the... I, I've never seen these PS2 to PS4 games like up on the screen. Look, uh, Does it still look good? I, I mean, it looks good. I'm pissed, though, because like the last back area in the original version, you couldn't access... Like, so in Dark Cloud, you have these, like, little back rooms to every dungeon room, and you get special items that let you in the back room, and they're random drops. And in the North American release of the PS2 version, um, they did not add in the item, or something went wrong in oh. that release, and you can't get the item to get into the back room. It's not fixed. So, I oh, mean, I guess that it's just straight up re-release. Like, that's kind of irritating, though, that... You still have. Yeah, you, would, you would think they would. You would fix. Yeah. Right, and that's like a huge era too. It is. So that's. I don't. But whatever. It's still a good game. I like it. Um, there's still the occasional typo. Um, there's a glitch that <laughs> you can early, early PS2 on scripts still. were. Uh, over something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were. But no, I like it. I still haven't played the second one, which I guess will be my next thing after you know I sink another twenty hours into trying to get a bandit ring. Or bandit slingshot. Ugh. At least they're both on. The, that's the great thing that they're both on PlayStation 4 as PS2 titles. Yeah, yeah. So I'll play that next, and then. But yeah, that's really all. Dark Clouds about as good as I remember it being. It's not anything special, honestly. But I do like rearranging the villages over and over and over. And then you'll get right into Rogue Galaxy, right? Right. Actually, I do really want to play it. I have it. So good. So good. I have mixed feelings about it. We need Rogue Universe. I can't, I said that a long time ago when the PlayStation 4 was announced. Like, what if you had Rogue Galaxy, but you got to go across a universe instead? So way more planets, all well built, all that kind of stuff. It's 18 bajillion planets? It's 18 com- bajillion. Straight up No Man's Sky, but an JRPG. <laughs> yes. Nothing can possibly go wrong. Probably just as disappointing. All right. And then, <laughs> Savage. Finally, uh, a game that you've been playing for years yet. Uh, <laughs> Never get tired of just because they've been so good on uh, beating content. Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, so I have 160 something days in Final Fantasy. Days. Let's <laughs> um, not say hours. I should, days. You're not. It's days. <laughs> I should be brag. I got like 65 um, days in Final Fantasy eleven, so I can't say. Yeah. Slash times. I'm gonna bring out a calculator here while you're talking about that. <laughs> so are you are you building up your character for three point four? Yeah, that's. Like, I don't have much time right now because I have a huge test coming up in school, so that's all I do every night. But I do get on every day in, like, 30 <laughs> minutes. Um, Congratulations, you have uh, you, I you still have over... time, even Look, if I need to be studying. I have so over... you can tell. You can so tell when 14 came out during my undergrad because it's like, straight A's, straight A's, straight A's. What the hell happened? Straight A's, straight A's. Yeah. Um, Congratulations, but... you have over 3,800 hours in FF14. Oh, what? That's okay. 160 times 24. That's shameful. But well, let's we'll see what Aaron's time is. I, She's probably got like 200, 300 days at this point. <laughs> yeah, she I've taken like month-long breaks. So if she hasn't done that, then I can only imagine. But no, I'm getting ready for 3.4. Um, I have max melded crafting uh, crafting gear, so I'm an omni crafter. There's like can't get any better than what I have, so I'm ready. Damn. I'm ready Damn. to make money. Top of the game. Yeah, so, I what, run what you... the Leviathan market. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do like when you've like reached like kind of like the peak of like the current FF content? What, what's raids, there left? Just raids all the time. Run around, run around in very high populated areas and hope people right click my gear and see how good it is. That's <laughs> kind of what I did eleven a lot. I just got excited because <laughs> it even tells you like this person like inspected you, right? Or whatever, and right. that was always really cool. Like, yep, 
I got all artifact armor. And all I wait. I watch people's heads in the game to see it. Please, like, please like, follow, and subscribe to my gear. And then once they bump the level to ninety nine, I stop playing eleven. But yeah, it's that's that's awesome. That and that's it must be so fulfilling. I mean, if you think about the fact that that game just celebrated a one year anniversary, uh, and if you've been subscribing all the way up to that point, if you're talking about like, what's that? Um, so if it's like, it's, it's like fifteen bucks a month, right? Is that? Um, I don't actually know how much it is because I pay like five dollars extra every month. I think so she doesn't care anymore. Well, right? <laughs> okay, so let's 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 say fifteen. Well, let, let's say okay. Then what if it's like twenty bucks a month? The fact that you've that's like two hundred and forty dollars. So two hundred forty dollars. But just think of the fact that you've got one hundred sixty-five days in that game. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's best worth. value. That's yeah. that, that's an insane value, and that's kind of what you got to balance with. That's like I could have bought. Because if you think about the fact that that's like $60 a game instead, that's what, four games right there? Uh, so instead of buying four games, you bought one and you've got way more time in that game that you would have done with anything else. Like say like a right. Doom or something like that where it's like five hours, well, maybe more like 20 hours. The but updates. Yeah, it's way more. Free updates too. But like these updates this, this are like Free updates. You're paying a subscription fee each month. I feel like I'm like putting in the channel too and watching an infomercial for this game. <laughs> not quite free updates either because okay okay but they don't charge you for an expansion (laughs) every time not free updates but these these updates are the size of like wow's expansions and if you're within the first 20 callers we even added heaven's for free (laughs) i was gonna say like you're calling them like expansions but you just mean patches right right they're patches you're calling them expansions like i'm sure they're gonna expansion for 4.0 it's gonna be a huge like it's gonna be like 50 bucks the patches are like the size of an expansion in another mmo is what i mean yeah no totally i mean and the fact you can get like both of the final fantasy 14 and heaven sword i've seen them for as though it was like 20 bucks for both uh, i bought a ton of um the humble bundles so you know if anybody wants to hit me up then i'll give you the code and you give me the friend code then <laughs> oh my god! Holding <laughs> people for ransom for these clothes. <laughs> I might once I get once I start working again. I think I might have to uh, invest in that just because oh. I've been meaning to play another uh, MMO. And Kingdom <laughs> Kingdom Under Fire Two is not going to come around anytime soon, so I'd like to try it. Maybe. Give me your friend reward. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. That's that's a tough oh call. So, so what are you playing? <laughs> I'm playing. Well, I let's see. So. This month, uh, Lords of the Fallen went free. Uh, went uh, PlayStation Plus was a free game. I did review it before, but I'll be perfectly honest. I did not beat it just because the game glitched out seriously at one point, and I could not progress any further. But I was already pretty far into the game. I was near the end, so I was like, "All right, this is good enough. I can give my thoughts." So I went back to it recently. Still buggy as hell, but I still managed to beat it, uh, and I was pretty proud about that fact. My guy was so overpowered, though, at that point, just because I, since I was stuck in an area and I couldn't progress further, I was basically leveling up as much as I could. So by the time I beat the game, I must have been, like, level 80, and people beat that game at, like, level 30. <laughs> so that's uh, that's kind of where I was at. And I had this sword that was dealing, like, huge amounts of damage. Like, we're talking about, like, these Dark Souls-level of difficult bosses, with much smaller areas to work with. It's not like kind of open fields like in some boss fights. It's like usually like a very closed area. So I was like killing them with them like in a few hits. So I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, I managed to cheese two bosses, which was hilarious. There's one boss that is set like in this kind of like, this kind of goes against what I just said, but it was like an open arena, uh, kind of like a Coliseum style, but it's, 
you have to either like take these stairs to go down into it and then there's open doors or you can like there's like a second level where you can look down at him and if you look down at him from above you can actually manage to hit him because he's like he's there you don't have to trigger a cutscene or anything like he's just kind of standing there waiting for you to trigger a cutscene um i managed to find this gate on the other side that you can look through and he's not that far away but he's just far enough where he won't you know notice you and so i was just sending magic like fireballs at him through the like a gate that he can't oh, get this through. reminds me of uh dark souls really? G's, you know like uh like uh spamming magic spells or arrows through the through fog gates yeah and so that's that's kind of what happened is that i managed to kill him from there and it even triggered the cutscene like throwing me into like the coliseum itself and showing the cutscene <laughs> to me like oh that was a difficult battle oh so tough and i was like no nah, i just kind of <laughs> sat there using like mana potions and just killing the guy from there it was it was pretty hilarious it took about like five minutes it wasn't even that long <laughs> and then i even i even cheesed like the final boss in that game because apparently what you can do is that so i'm not going to spoil the last boss because it's still it's still out there for people to grab um but i'll tell you how to beat them uh there's <laughs> Tips like and tricks so you, what is is that so there's like this balcony um kind of like a, this old castle with like there's like this balcony that you can it, it, i think they call it the citadel um and then there's a balcony and then you jump down from the balcony and there's where the boss is. He's kind of roaming around like in this courtyard. Um, so what I do, and, and there's still a cutscene. You can't fire him from the balcony. It's not like the other boss I was just talking about. All you have to do is there's this, um, there's this magical ability called prayer. What prayer is, it's kind of like a, it's like a decoy. It's just, you send him there and then the monster, the boss go or whatever attacks him instead of you. So you can kind of get the, get around him and, and attack him from behind or whatever you have to do. What you do is that if you line up your decoy at the top of the balcony, right before you enter into the boss field, kind of like the mist doors and dark souls, uh, you just summon one there. Then you enter the cutscene, get to the bottom. Cause your guy kind of falls down into the courtyard. Cause boss attacks you and you fall in uh and then as soon as the cutscene's over some use that same spell again the boss gets super confused uh and then starts to look at the one that's still on the balcony <laughs> that is supposed that's to disappear and he get, he kind of glitches out on the door that's kind of like at the other end of the double set of doors that's at the at the ground level he jumps up to try to attack what he thinks is you on the balcony, but you're just kind of running around in the middle of the of the map, not even paying attention, just having fun. He reappears where he's supposed to spawn, which is on the opposite side of the courtyard, but he's broken. He can't move. He can't attack. He can't do anything. He's just kind of standing there. And so I just go up and start just hit him with like strong attacks, strong attacks until I finally beat him. So I beat the final boss in that game in less than two minutes. Is what wow, happened. What, a, what a climactic finale. Yeah, if, if I had the stamina, I could have beaten him maybe like in 30 seconds. It's like, It was so ridiculous. Uh, and like I said, it's still a very buggy, glitchy game. But, you know, even even saying that, I still think it was a very good attempt at uh, building a Dark Souls competitor in a sense. I, I, I gave it an 8 out of 10 in my review. I reviewed the game, as I said. I still had a lot of fun with that, but it was... Yeah, there's a lot of work that needed to be done on that, that they just, I guess they maybe ran out of time or something. Um, and now that Deck 13 is moving on to the next game, I forget what the next game is supposed to be called, but... Uh, it's like a cyberpunk 
it's like kind of sci-fi yeah it totally is it's like a it's like a it's like a sci-fi type of game and it is still kind of that same style uh they put out like 20 25 minutes of footage at gamescom for it and it still looks really cool it's still got that same design about you know each encounter is meaningful and you have to be you have to craft and all kinds of stuff it's actually got way more systems than lords of the fallen did or even like a, a souls game does and it's it sounds pretty cool uh, but that game won't be out for until sometime next year. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens. They got they no longer have um, the Witcher Two designer on their team. He left, uh, and so we'll see how that goes. I guess they don't really have that pedigree anymore that made me interested in the first place. Uh, but you know, hopefully they've got enough people on staff. But besides that, I also finished up Madagascar Solid Five <laughs> finally. Uh, it's a game Long I was. Road. Yeah, it, I think I, I sunk about 130 hours in that game. Jeez. Yeah, which I think is like the longest I've played. I that's I, like almost that's less than 3,800 hours. I still haven't started it. Yes, Cold Steel too. Cold Steel, which I reviewed, I put about 90 hours in, and that was at the time the longest I've spent a single player game. But Metagross Solid Five, that gameplay is so damn addictive, so much fun. I I wanted to do all the side ups, which I did. I did all the quests, all the missions. I S ranked a lot, most of them, uh, and that's just by playing them normally. Like I, I never, I didn't look anything up. I just had fun, and Good. I figured out the perfect routes to get where I needed to be. Because some of, there were some repeat missions, which was annoying. Which was like, do the same mission but on a harder difficulty, or use total self. Like don't get caught even once. Um, and when I did get caught, I just restarted the mission entirely and remembered, okay, this is where this guy is going to be picked up. Is they're going to take him in a truck over to this position. So I just kind of got the jump on them and just immediately to where I was supposed to be. And I usually got them, uh, I got an S rank just cause I, uh, I, I didn't waste any time. So my, I, I thought the story was great up until the final moments. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to spoil it, but they try to pull what they did before in the previous entry of the series. And it, kind of falls really flat on its face and people that have not played the game may have at least heard people's like uh disappointment with the way that game ends at least that's that's kind of the the main criticism and i totally agree with them that was such a weak ending uh the rumor is and actually there's proof of that kojima ran out of time he, he he couldn't, which is just like Metal Gear Solid 2. He ran out of time. People that have played Metal Gear Solid 2, the way you can tell that they ran out of time is that on the um, uh, the Outer Haven or whatever, like the ship that you're on, there are certain doors that are blocked off. Like you try to enter them, but they're locked or the <laughs> it's like there's like a, a short circuit so that you can't access this door because it's busted. That was supposed to be a whole bigger area of the place you're supposed to be able to visit, but he had to like. Uh, barricaded off because he just ran out of time. That's kind of what happens in Metal Gear Solid 5 in a sense that he had a whole other mission plan um, and that was even included on the Blu-ray that came with the limited edition or was collector's edition or whatever it was. Um, The one that came with the you know big boss's arm the robot arm uh All right. yeah yeah so and that they actually you can find this on youtube like it was uploaded to youtube like the day after um and there was even like a super secret hard ending the ending was that uh you had you and all the other people that were part of this pdf group which not pdf group uh the pf grade group it's like the multiplayer feature in that game is that you're able to like go to other people's ships and attack them or send your security detail out to uh, take command of their of their places and come back with resources. Um, you're supposed to – and the way you can kind of deter that is you, you can build like a nuke 
uh, that is supposed to like block actual players themselves from being able to uh, infiltrate your ship um, you can only send like your goons out you can't go in yourself if you have a nuke uh, you're supposed to be able to like for some way like it's practically impossible you and everyone else are supposed to agree not to build any nukes and that's impossible because you don't know these people like they could totally do that and that's the only way to unlock one of these endings um but luckily someone uploaded the actual ending on youtube uh and it it's kind of nothing it's just it, it's supposed to set up what happens in metagear 2 i believe where it's supposed to be like a nuke free world um because anyone who's familiar with metagear solid and, and those games it's like it's a very political politically driven uh and war driven series about the the dialogue around that stuff and that's that's kind of what it's supposed to set up um but mission uh, mission the mission that was cut uh doesn't do anything really it's it's very it's like you understand why that was cut it like it addresses some things that are interesting but they still don't do much with it it's not like metagross solid 4 and that they wrap up a lot of loose ends and you feel pretty comfortable about where it ends even if it's kind of silly and over the top the way they present it uh with <laughs> two people beating each other up uh but metagross solid 5 kind of falls flat and it's depressing to think that kojima is not able to do much more um with those characters because there's still a lot that he can do like konami could probably do it or if konami gets out of the business they'll just sell the license to kojima and call it a day and let him deal with it and that would be awesome but um that's the timeline i want yeah <laughs> they i would still love a sniper wolf game or a uh yes! our boss like it's uh like a, or another raiden game yeah <laughs> revengeance that's kind of what it's it's kind of still like metagir metagir survive which they just put out some footage of at tgs Seems interesting because it's a survival game and they've got like a whole new UI in a sense. Still got a lot of the same assets like the sound effects and whatnot. But it's an interesting like survival uh, thing where it's like all your ammunition matters. Like you can actually seriously get hurt and killed if you get too close to these zombies. But it's even Kojima even said like at his panels like what place do zombies have in this world <laughs> and that's no, no he didn't say it in that tone he's like he's like oh i wonder you know what the zombies you know i don't uh, think he was i think he was kind of he wasn't going to get too much into it because he didn't want to like yeah but i i wouldn't say i'm sure worried, in the back of his harsh. mind is like what place does do hmm. the line was was almost exactly and i'm speaking verbatim but it was almost exactly like what place do zombies have in this world and it was like i mean you could you could say that about a, about a lot of other things in the middle of your universe like what place do you know hmm. well i mean to be fair even if flaming if, whales uh, there's still yeah but there's <laughs> one to talk that, yeah. that's the, that's the thing but like it's the world that he built you know yeah and the and if yeah. konami's gonna make a mitigator game they better build it within some context uh, but... it's it's theirs uh, uh like when all is said and done but i want okay theirs. but fuck that for a moment because if you think about the fact that you can say that and i thought about it for a moment it's like well maybe some other developer could come in and make something with what it's legally co- theirs but, but I think about what happened to Silent Hill, I get super depressed because mm. <laughs> they really screwed that up with everything that Team Silent uh, did with that series. And um, the great thing about Silent Hill was the fact that it was still like this hugely mysterious thing. Like no one really knew much about it. I like the movie, but the movie tried to explain Silent Hill and that sucked. And the same thing happened yeah. to Homecoming, <laughs> which was basically the movie, uh, Silent Hill, the movie, the game. Um Actually, it was a, it was Silent Hill Homecoming or was it Silent Hill? I heard I. It makes about, like the guy, like the, the military dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. They came home. It was the from the military. Uh, 
I'm trying to remember like that one could have been good. But yeah, it there was. <laughs> I reviewed the most recent Silent Hill game that I'm blanking on. Downpour. 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 I reviewed. I that. quit that game. I tried to play it like ten times. <laughs> they tried to create their own pyramid. You remember Corn did the music? Corn oh, yeah. Did, yeah, Corn had a sound a music video. Wasn't and... there also like some weird Silent Hill Vita game that was like four player co op yeah, puzzle um, thing? I forgot. Oh, I like Silent Hill Origin. Did... Origin was cool. It was it was an it was an early Vita game. It was pretty yeah, weird. It was Silent Hill. Um, it makes you kind of glad though that Zone of the Enders died because I don't want to see yeah. that treatment. Like no, I really love. I, mean, Zone I, mean, I really, I really love Zone of the Enders. Like I'm but... not glad it died, but I'm no, glad... I'm glad it let it die. Like don't, don't be. Oh, let, let, let it die. Let's so cool. talk about let it die. Zone of the Enders second winner needs to come to PlayStation Four. They need those HD games to come to PS Four. But I know, like if if anything, if what Konami will do is that I hope they do go down the road of just re-releasing their games on PS Four and Xbox One because I, I still want that. But I, I, I reviewed Silent Hill HD Collection, and I don't want the situation like those where it's like they so gave, fun. yeah, they gave was it I forget who the developers were. It was like uh, almost high voltage or something like that. They gave them pre original release code, uh-huh. pre original release. Like we're going back like a like fifteen years. Like the when those games came out, they didn't give them the PC source code. They gave them because they they lost that because Japanese developers don't know how to take care of That's their code, so or even Western developers are poor about that. They gave a pre-original release code, and so you had was that like the fog went well beyond like the trees, <laughs> and so you've got like really weird designs, and like even like when you're at one point power in Silent Hill, like yeah, it's like beyond the power lines, and even like in Silent Hill, like you're out in a boat, the water just kind of ends. <laughs> it's like it. Like the, the it's world. the edge of a cliff. People who think the world is flat would actually believe this game. That's, uh, <laughs> it's true. The world is flat. The waterfall. Right along. It's awful. It's terrible, terrible. And I played the PC versions ten times better. It just, everything feels like... Just, did they patch it? They did, <laughs> but they still it still looked visually bad. They patched it more like the oh. controls and just the some of the technical problems with that game, but it still was very poorly that, done. Was the game that they patched the PS3 version but not the Xbox or was that Zone of the Enders? The it was the ex, it was Zone of the Enders but I think it was the other way around it's at the PS I don't know maybe it's like the PS And then they gave everybody a copy of Frogger or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it was something like Konami. But it, uh, but that's not to get too much on the tangent about Konami but that's that's kind of where I'm at um with that and Metal Gear okay. Solid 5 I beat uh, Lords of the Fallen update. So I've been beating some games. Also started on Trails of Cold Steel 2. I am not reviewing that game. Darren is uh, doing a video review. He's pretty far into it. He's reaching to the end of that game I saw on his Twitter account. Um, it's just game. a long game. And he wants to beat it before he covers it. I think a lot of people who did reviews of that likely played some of it and just did a review just because that game's so long. I don't see how they could have gotten through it. Uh, and he's done with school. So just think about for a moment like how much investment he's putting into that game um but that's we'll have a review up for that soon what i've played of it so far seems cool it's a lot of the same mechanics and, and, and things like that i'm not too into the story just yet but i've only played like a couple hours so uh, I, I are those games slow to start or something because i played about five hours in on the plane to germany and oh, i was just like uh it, it is um and a lot of it is world building cold still cold still <laughs> drags a lot in the middle too as someone reviewed i did not like chapter 13 um but uh, uh, I guess the, the, the play, yeah i'm not gonna that stupid horse, right. uh 
place. It it was awful. Um, <laughs> the, the the way the way really that Cold Steel up. two ends though is fucking crazy. Like, yeah, I yeah. heard that. I heard that. Uh, Cold Steel one ends amazingly, and Cold Steel two same thing. So at least Falcom knows how to wrap things up pretty strongly. Uh, but still playing that Puzzle of Dragons. I started playing and I had super good luck on the gotcha rolls, and so I, I got deep into that recently. Um, and that's kind of been my thing. Uh, but let's stop talking about games and let's get into the news because we're going to be here forever talking about news. Um, so as I said, uh, since the last time we did this podcast, shortly after it, just the week, uh, the following week, PlayStation held the first of two big conferences. Uh, in this case, this one was held in New York. And so there was the big reveal for some of the new consoles. And what they did is that they announced not only the PlayStation 4 Slim, which we already knew about, which is like, I think it's like a third smaller uh, in terms of height um, and like half the power usage or something like that. It's just a huge amount. Kyle Campbell, who's been on this podcast before and works for the site, he bought it because he was tired of his uh, PS4 sounded like it was taken off, I mean, <laughs> like a plane taken off. Just like, Mine really, sounds that way. Yeah. Um, his he's he's been saying so far it's been like whisper quiet uh so just like from the original ps3 to the ps3 slim it's made a significant difference and so if that's been your concern uh with your console it might be worth checking into it just because it's also the same price as the current one but um and i think at amazon you can actually trade in your old ps4 for like 160 bucks to get the uh if you want to get the ps4 slim so that might be worth it for some people but really uh the bigger part was their big uh reveal of the playstation 4 pro uh awful name one thing but they did yeah. announce it mm-hmm. and they spent a lot of time trying to explain what hdr is which uh <laughs> it's it really very hard to do on a stream <laughs> it is extremely hard because you're talking about Trying to, and they did they did some things that was kind of cool like Mark Cerny showed like a shot of like a, a um, like the like horizon it was like a, a horizon trying to show you what they did show some games but they he, like the one thing that kind of stood out was him showing like what the sun a sunset looked like going from like the regular set to like HDR enabled that set was good. it really you could tell even on on a stream like ours um, but yeah it's going to like youtube with youtube compression shot at 1080p they did put out 4k assets so if you got like but that's the thing like when people have actually got like a 4k tv to begin with um but uh, it just seems like a like a half step it is alex got to check it out himself and he did say like they also had an event in london that he checked out and he did kind of say the same thing it was it's a it's a half step compared to what microsoft's doing but it also, it also doesn't support uh, Ultra HD discs. Yeah, well. Blu-rays, Blu-rays. And I think like the Sony's first Ultra, Ultra HD Blu-ray player is not going to be out till 2017 anyway. So I wonder if that's just they weren't prepared uh, to put something out. Which is kind of silly when you think about it because like the first DVD player and first Blu-ray player, one of the first ones were in the consoles that we got. And yeah. so you'd like to see something like that, especially because... Microsoft has an Ultra HD player and their own yep. no Xbox One S and Sony's actually helped make the technology mm-hmm. so it's really bizarre. Um, I don't know. Well, people like to say it comes down to the games and what developers have been saying about the PS4 Pro versus the Xbox Scorpio um, is that Xbox, Scorp- uh, Xbox Scorpio, which is the name of Microsoft's new console, is supposed to be out next winter in 2017. Code name, like all, rather. Yeah, code name. 
uh, it's supposed to be like a whole new architecture. So you have to make basically a whole new game from the ground up. And so uh, I think developers, especially smaller ones, are way more interested in the PS4 Pro as it is right now, just because it doesn't mean a whole lot of work just to make something run. Um, the only downside, of course, is that trying to keep up with the expectations Sony has, especially if they're enforcing, as they said, they're enforcing everyone uh, who's making a game to have a PS4 Pro enabled version. Uh, I I wonder the 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 weird thing about this is I wonder if they're ask, asking people who are like say localizing games like say Persona Five for example is that expected to have a pro mode because it's co- it, the it English will because it was on the, it was I think it was up on the slide they showed all the games that Persona mode Persona Five was yeah it was like oh. it was on the front off to the side a little bit uh, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Fifteen they already announced is going to have a pro enabled version at launch it needs it. Yeah, <laughs> from I, I, forget who, I forget who was who was the. I, I don't disagree. <laughs> I forget who the site was that talked about it. Um, but they got a chance to check out that version at TGS, and they said it was a significant upgrade in visuals. I'm uh, curious. It looked really smooth, a lot better, beautiful. That's what people have been thinking about. People that think that there's been a downgrade, it might be, or, or I should say that there was a downgrade before, but it's been kind of looking better. I'm thinking that maybe they're having all the footage running off of their target renders for PS4 Pro. Uh, and so that's making the game look a lot better compared to like what your standard PS4 Pro version is looking. Tabata did said he's, they're trying their best to make Final Fantasy XV look as good as they can on the, ra- ra- the standard PS4. But it's going to seem like if you want the best experience, you're probably going to have to check it out there. Um, they did make it clear that there's not going to be a content difference. Like you're not going to get like exclusive story content or DLC or some garbage like that. All games are supposed to look on it. And even some developers are going like the extra step and making versions that adapt to like the TV set. Cause they made Sony made it pretty clear that uh, the PS4 pro is supposed to adapt to the type of TV that you have, the type of display that you have it hooked up to. So like you have your 4k TV that has HDR you have your regular 4K TV, and then you have like a 1080p display. They can all play off of each set, but it tries to take advantage of the uh, hardware inside to do as much as it can with what it's got. So like Rise of the Tomb Raider has like different settings specifically for that. Um, and people that are thinking those sets are super expensive, there's like this really good Vizio 55-inch TV that I've been kind of keeping my eye on that's got both HDR technologies, like the regular HDR and this Dolby Vision competitor, kind of like Blu-ray versus HD DVR. It's like a competitor for that technology. Dolby is kind of on its way out, I think, at this point. HDR is what everyone's kind of focusing all their attention into, as you can clearly see. That has been as cheap as like $600 on eBay. So 4K TVs are about as much as regular HD TVs are nowadays. So it's it's not a huge thing. It's just the whole idea of having to buy a whole new TV. Um, it doesn't seem like it's going to be as bad as like a 3D TV as far as the gimmick, just because they. Oh, those are a shit show. I've seen some. I've seen like games on 4K TVs before. Uh, some obviously don't take advantage of it, but from all I've heard, from all the people that have talked about it, I've seen games at like TGS and the Sony conference and things like that, there does appear to be like a significant upgrade. And even they're saying like, I need to get a 4K TV. So um, at least we can be happy knowing that there's been so much saturation in that market already that their prices have dropped so quickly that you'll be able to get like, like even like the OLED TVs are like 
$1,200 down from like 16000 whatever it was like not long ago. Uh, I think even Samsung said they developed a technology that's just as good as that OLEDs. Like everyone who holds a Vita knows how cool those OLED screens are. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a cheaper version supposed to be coming up uh, that might make it even more affordable, but we'll see. So that, that's kind of, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking of like, if there's going to be, we're going to see like another uh, upgraded persona, I mean, a PlayStation 4 model, like in two years, for example, they'll finally like enable like, you know, true 4K like oh, support. Def- like, definitely. With, you know, they're going to, they're already yeah. working on that. Um, the, I like how Shuei was like, I don't know if there's going to be a PlayStation 5. It's <laughs> likely just they're going to iterate the PlayStation Super Pro. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I'm just gonna like wait for that version, see what that looks like. Because the, on- the only like, oddly enough, like the only real appealing p- feature of the PS4 Pro to me is that it, it supports 1080p uh, uh, PC remote play. Yeah, remote play, uh, and then it's also got like uh, 1080p uh, recording, 1080p it's, it's frames all- per second, like recording. It's also gonna be a mess too, because like the developers are pretty much uh, it's up to them to like utilize the technologies like in their own different ways they're saying hey like the developers like you do what you want with this thing like uh, i know tomb raider has like three different modes now last of us has like some uh additional modes too like on visual modes yeah like say 4k but at, at this stable 30 fps or 60 fps with some of the effect renders uh toned down it's like neo whatnot. in a sense like, yeah, i was thinking yeah. about neo and i was thinking like all these options that you add yeah so the ps4 pro is supposed to be out uh november 10th uh ps4 slim's already out uh, but they also had some other news there, uh, just to quickly get into it. Horizon Zero Dawn, they showed running on the PlayStation 4 Pro. looked awesome. He climbed up this giant robot giraffe thing, and that was... Uh, they put towers in Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, they put yeah. Ubisoft saying into Horizon, so you can... <laughs> Uh, you stab it on the top of its head, and it creates like a wave on on its head. You can see everything around you. That is a pretty and, rad Ubisoft tower gimmick. Um, <laughs> um, they also had a tech demo for Mass Effect Andromeda. Yes, there we and go. So it was weird because out of nowhere, it's just like, hey, here's a gameplay. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> I was yeah. at work when that happened. I it was it was it was great. They showed some footage. They showed it was a tech demo. People were expecting a lot more, but it was like this is just a tech demo. It's Don't funny work. because like yeah. it, like they, they they showed it off and like they said kind of people like know what like they were like looking at. It's like oh here's writer and them. It's like who huh? Yeah, it was it was bizarre. It's a weird way to show a game though because it's a Mass Effect's a corridor shooter and that's the premise of it kind of and you just kind of have this demo where you walk in a straight line for a while. Yeah. That was weird. Well, that was, yeah, that yeah. was, it was not, but it was, it was like, a, it was just a tech mount demo just right. to show up what the, it was capable of. Um, but yeah, so they showed a little bit of that. Um, and they also, what they, what Bioware revealed after that was that we found out that the two protagonists, uh, the both writers are going to be siblings. So you've got the male females and the, uh, the male females, the male <laughs> rider and the female rider, their brother and sister. And then the rider that the, the armored person they showed in like the reveal trailer for Mass Effect Andromeda is going to be their father. I love that. Yeah, so it's yeah. they're all part of the same family, and they and so and they're all different parts of the universe, so they're going to meet each other at some point. Um, the only kind of uh, thing that bothered me was that they kind of made it seem pretty obvious that the female protagonist is going to be like the main one, but in this one they show just the male uh, rider, and I was like. Okay, you kind of guys are going against what you just said. Is that you wanted the female rider to be like the main character in this one, but it's or at least the one that they're going to market the most. But we'll, well see. we'll see it then when they actually like finally officially unveil that game. They like, said, yeah. Cover. Speaking of which, Hopefully November seventh, November seventh, which is N seven day, as they say, uh, Mass Effect Day. 
they're going to have a big event with with uh, a whole new trailer that's going to kind of shed everything, and then we'll find going to find a release date. I'm sure, finally, for that game. Uh, it's going to be out like just a few months after that, which is so bizarre that they're waiting to the last moment. But I, I'd love that. <laughs> I wish more people would do that. Yeah. Well, it would be different <laughs> if they revealed the game and then like announced the release date the same day. In this case, well, we've, we've, known we've, about know that date. we've known about Mass Effect Andromeda for like two years now. Yeah, 2014. The but, Bioware Broadcasting from Heaven conference. Thing. Yeah, that was that was the thing. Like they hold a whole new Weird. CEO and try to show off like early game footage, and they had like Casey Hudson before we left the company uh, talking about his old new game he was working on. But um, they're, they're going to announce um some important stuff there, and that was pretty much it uh, for the PlayStation conference. Uh, and then we move on to their pre TGS conference on September 13th. Um. They also had like an Asian conference, but that was just a repeat of the same stuff. In this case, so uh, at the TGS conference, Sony uh, showed off some more details. It was more about the games, thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so let's a lot run- of games. Yes. First mm-hmm. off, we've got uh, this a is new not- Gundam. Yeah, this is yeah new Gundam <laughs> versus I'm everyone. You and Aaron were kind of going nuts about that because you've been asking for that for a long time. But uh, uh-huh. also, this is not in order about what it's what was announced, but we have it listed here first. Uh, we've got Saga Scarlet Grace, which is the Vita game that they announced was going to be out on December 15th uh, during that conference. So talk to us a little bit about what you thought about that, Josh. Okay, so it's Were been a long st- time coming, but there's a new like mainline Saga game finally coming out once more. Um, this is Saga Scarlet Grace for the Vita. It's uh, release date in Japan is December 15th. Uh, they showed off uh, the initial cast of characters, uh, all, of course, done by the series artist Tomomi Kobayashi. Still has a gorgeous art design, like Absolutely. early 90s, like uh, kind of wardrobe and whatnot. Very fantastical, mystical. Uh, so you have Urpina, Leonard, uh, Taria, and Balmain as the like initial cast of characters that they showed off. Um, the weird thing about this game is that there's no dungeons. It's about uh, freely exploring the world like from an overhead map. And then they, they described this like there's going to be thousands of events uh, that pop up. It's like there. a game board in a sense, is what I saw. Yeah, yeah a little bit. It's kind of, it's kind of like a when board you see games. the overhead, like yeah. it's it's like a it's kind of like a colorful parchment kind of a feel to it, like a layer. Uh, battle system is kind of like device like in a timeline. So you have like this horizontal line down at the bottom that shows the turn order of like of actions. So you're deciding actions, and then they're all like, kind of like executed within that timeline, and whatnot. It's so, uh, the, what almost every modern RPG does. Yeah, or made a RPG is yeah, you can like uh, manipulate turn order by slowing down enemies or affecting it yourself, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Then like having like a proper like a properly arranged party can let you have like special bonuses and buffs in battle. Um, neat thing about this is like it's a fully custom customizable party. Anyone, it's been described that anyone you meet in the story can be an ally. And then uh, any character can pretty much wield any any weapon. There's nine types of weapons in this game. I don't think they've run down the the weapon types, but any character can, uh, you know, wield them. Wield them. And then it's they mentioned that it's this Saga Scarlet Grace is more associated with Saga Frontier. So it's very going to be just like in other Saga games, very open, not linear, not really structured in a sense. So it's it's more about the players finding their own purpose of doing stuff. And uh, because there's going to be uh, a lot of differentiation and development depending on how you go about the game. Um, and 
the nice thing about this game, unlike uh, in previous Saga games, like even if a character's HP is de depleted fully in battle, they don't uh, like disappear entirely. It's just you uh, you're able to. Um, like, I don't know exactly what, how you get them back. I don't think they've described that yet. So it's, uh, that's the you know the basics of Saga Scarlet Grace. They didn't mention too much about it. They showed a gameplay demo at TGS that showed more of it, but it's it it seems. I like the character designs. I'm not too hot on the uh, the actual character in-game character models. It's very uh, chibi SD, like uh, small bodies, big heads, kind of deal. It's it's very basic in terms of like visual style and animations look kind of clunky and slow. I mean, I, I, I Saga is always one of those like series that like they they have great concepts on paper, but it doesn't necessarily always pan out in action. Yeah, and, it's well. super hard, super difficult. I think, actually, um, someone who I follow, who actually is the player, is the marketing director, uh, he mentioned that it reminded him a lot about the way the, the game is set up as like Ultimate Saga. Uh, it it uh -huh. closely resembles like the design of it and the mechanics of it remind him a lot about Ultimate Saga. Unlimited Saga, you mean? Unlimited, excuse me, Unlimited Saga. Um, and... I guess in a sense, uh, it, it, the great thing, the two, the two good things I can say about Limited Saga is the music and the art style. Like it's got this very beautiful like water paint style to it in, in Limited Saga. Yeah. And the music just insanely good. And that's oh, what the whole yeah, series has been. Like, yeah, great yep. soundtracks that you can always fall in love with. And even from the footage they showed with the background music that they were playing, it's just yep. amazing orchestrated stuff that you can fall in love with. But as yeah, as you said, it kind of falls apart a little bit uh, in terms of the me of the the mechanics, and it just felt like always a real disconnect. Even going back to like Saga Frontier One and Two, I love those games a lot, especially Two. But I can clearly tell like how complicated the battle system was, especially because you have like option from all these different weapons that you had and all these spells you had. Um, it's it's kind of lightens into what people have issues with like Chrono Cross and stuff like. That. I, re I really do want to try this new saga and hopefully it gets localized. Uh, fingers crossed on that one. Yeah, I really hope so. I I've been I was interested in checking out like Imperial Saga sometime. Um, I want but, that limited edition. Yeah, that was the crazy cool looking one with like a big box with like the uh -huh. artwork and stuff like that. It's it's up for pre order now if you want to check it out. Um, but yeah, it's I hope it gets localized just because it's I want to. I want to know that they still believe there's a market for that in the West uh, the, for the series. And the fact that they're going back to consoles and not sticking it to Imperial Saga, which is a PC browser game, um, would give me a lot of hope. <laughs> they, uh, there, there, there's a little truck. bit of hope because they did, they did localize the Romancing Saga too. For, yes. Uh, I have to keep being reminded that that happened because it was such a crazy thing that it yeah. did in the first place. Um, so yeah, that... And hopefully Dragon Quest Eleven. Like those two series seem like the ones that Square Enix just seems not as. You still don't know where they're coming from when it comes to those two series. Like, dude, because they both kind of failed in the West uh, back then. It's like, huh, I wonder if they still think there's a market for that here. Not, I guess, in, in Saga sense, it's not like there's not been a whole lot of games in that series to begin with. So it's not. It's not like Dragon Quest where it's like four was the last one and then they skipped all the way to seven until they started localizing them again uh, and then they skipped 10 so we'll see what happens uh, but beyond saga scarlet grace they also showed a lot of news about near automata um and some amazing new detail uh, new content that wasn't just in the in the tgs and the pre-tgs conference but also like in the in famitsu and uh more recently tgs proper so 
Josh, if you want to talk a little more mm-hmm. about that, yeah. So uh, the pre-TGS conference, they showed off a new trailer and finally yes. announced that the release date in Japan was February 23rd. Yeah. So uh, saw a lot of like teasers and whatnot of uh, things to come, but they actually went full-blown on Famitsu about some a lot of character new characters coming into it and some familiar faces. We did get confirmation that Emil from the previous game uh, is returning to Automata. Mm-hmm. And also you have these... Uh, these characters that are named the Devola and Popola the, from the previous game, but they're not the exact same people. They're no. kind of like androids that are, who are named after them as like for homage purposes. Like I guess these androids feel indebted uh, to what Devola and Popola did in here. So they named themselves after it. So to be clear, these aren't the exact same people. From, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's, there's a lot of connections between this. Even if it's not a direct sequel, they're making it very clear it's not. Um, there's meant to be a lot of story connections to that, and that's what you know, Yoko Taro was talking about before. Yeah, then there's also um, a, a pair of, uh, frankly, pretty hot guys. <laughs> I like how you're uh, the one who put <laughs> yeah. Adam and Eve are I both pretty it. hot dudes, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah. So in our document, I definitely bolded that. You yeah. bolded it. I thought Josh did, because he was pretty no, proud No, he wrote that. it, and I bolded it. So Yeah, it, it, it I want to be, be Eve with the eight-pack. That's, that's what he's <laughs> yeah, got. Yeah, like, there's these guys, Fucking like, a. just uh, <laughs> beautiful guys, just uh, white-haired dudes, Adam and Eve, who are in this. They're not much is shared about them. No, but uh, they're, they're, they're one hell of a duo, let's say. Uh, I'm sure they're... They uh, did kind of uh, allude to some of the what they're about, because, like, at least they showed with Eve, like, he was being, like, taken over by this weird black... It's like this... this uh, it's it's kind of like... A, I forgot the, the term from Dragon Guard 3. Um... Oh, you it remember Dragon Guard Three? Yeah, because it, <laughs> oh, the, 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 like the markings on him is kind of alluding to some things in Dragon Guard Three. Weird, like tattoo, like it's like it's taken over his body, kind of thing, like this, yeah. like a Sir's Wrath style, just like it's it's taken taken over, his, and he can't control. Like when he gets, he's like this monster. It's weird. I, yeah, there is. A, it's in near as well. Like this weird, like uh, stigma. I don't know what it is, but. It's it's interesting to see what they're gonna go with that. Um, yeah, there's definitely gonna be just very much uh, a nods to the Dragon Guard three and your yeah, seems yeah. like and there's then you have uh, more minor characters that uh you know they introduce more of a little robust pod forty two and pod one fifty three, uh, more of the faction that uh two B the protagonist works for like the Yorha infantry squad commander some operators and uh, a, a little robot named Pascal. And she's awesome because she's voiced by Ayuki, so she's gonna be the greatest character <laughs> in the game. It's uh, it's great because like they also showed uh, the commander uh, of this group, and during the near Automata panel that they had at TGS, Yoko Taro just kept saying things like, "Commander looks sexy, but don't expect her to be sexy. Her sexiness is zero. <laughs> just, <laughs> like, he was saying all these things about like, and every time she would pop up, I'd be like, "Oh, sexy." <laughs> just, Hello, Yoko Taro. He's, he's, a, he's a gift uh, to uh, video games. Uh, but... Yeah, but the actual TGS stream was awesome because they showed off some live gameplay demo segments. Uh, pretty, like, you know, like the, the 2D segments in here make a, a, a comeback like, in a big way. The, the interesting thing about it is, like, every, like, there were na- damage numbers popping up whenever you uh, battled enemies. Yeah, like, a, like 100, 800, 200. It was yeah. the time you attacked. And they are leaning into like what we had an interview about mm-hmm. near Tamada and he was talking yep. about like, Oh, the RPG elements are still totally there. They're leaning into that to make sure it's not too action oriented. And they made sure platinum games understood that as well. And it seems pretty clear that that's where it's going for. Yep. 
it's, it's fast, so, it's fluid, it's insane. There's a it lot. Looks so good. Way better. They, they they were showing off uh, also like uh, a time attack segment in it. I don't know if that's in the final game, but uh, so it's got to be. They did have that kind of thing in here as well, like yep. a, a score challenge. So the they were showing off like you know you can uh, switch battle, uh, switch weapons mid battle, uh, fluid fashion, and then at some point during the time attack. The, the perspective of the camera kind of zooms out so you're at a more isometric perspective. Yeah, uh, you have full control over the camera and they said they actually talked about that in the panel as well it's that they hate it when they don't really uh, make sure that you have control of the camera or they take control away from you it's like we want you to be able to have That's the... real fucking fa- funny after Dragon Guard 3's final boss battle <laughs> <laughs> Thanks That's <laughs> That's that's kind of what they were talking about. Is that they they just wanted to make sure um, that that you have that type of control over over what you can do. So and and then and near as well. It's that they have the same thing in the original near. Where it's like they have these parts where you're doing like these two D platforming kind of thing. Where there's the even camera's... a text adventure in the original near. Yes, that was <laughs> and that was a crazy thing that they had in there. But yeah, it's like uh, they pull the camera back and you're jumping around and they really pull it back. And but you're actually also fighting in that yeah. same perspective. It's like, like I remember they're showing the two D things. Like uh, they were probably like I can barely fucking see my character. <laughs> yeah, and just see like there's just like all you can tell is just like that little robot that flies around with the main character. Uh, that's all you can really tell. It. And I think there's even like an arrow pointing towards you to tell where you're <laughs> supposed to be. Uh, but that's... They like the message perspective a lot. It that's, looks, that's fun. It looked really fast and very fun. I, uh, that's that's the thing that I, <laughs> it was really dragging. It was, it was kind of funny um, that uh, I think even, not to harp too much about what Yokotaro was talking about, because in the, in the TGS panel he's just like this statue... Or it was really him. It was like and a mannequin. A it, yeah, uh, like like his head, like his Emil head, was like uh, planted on top of like a mannequin. And yeah. he was, and then they were supposed to, to believe that's like Yoko Taro actually like up on stage. Yeah, like, I was even speaking through a microphone. It was it was so. It, it, it was funny because like the gameplay designer who was uh, playing the time attack demo, he was about to beat. It was fucking doing amazing. Uh, and then, like, his head fell off. Yokotaro is like, yeah, it's the, the meal head that he had, the, the thing he always wears. Like, it, it ended his run, and, like, it ripped it, and then he, like, commented, like, how that it took, like, 50,000 yen to, like, actually make that end. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a very bad uh, set of was... events. And, like, even, I think even, like, Yoko was talking about, like, oh, I'm very tired, I need, I need to take a rest. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it was... It was it was a bad scene all around. But speaking of a lot of a lot of money, they unveiled a, a collector's edition for this in uh, Japan called the Black Box Edition. <laughs> and Yoko even and said that's like, a, "That's expensive." Like t- it was two hundred and twenty-five dollars. <laughs> Actually, it was, yeah, I think it was around a, there. It was like yeah, two hundred and twenty-five dollars. Um, but yeah, what it comes with is a, a Tubi, uh, the main character uh, figurine, a figure of her. Uh, a Blu-ray of the New York concert and talk music live that they had uh, not too long ago uh, with all the great music, M.E.M. and performing and all that. Um, yeah, the art, and they have an art book itself that does contain spoilers. So they say they are pretty upfront that you should beat the game before you look at it because it's got a lot of context that you should not know about. Uh, you can you can pre-order that now on the Square Enix Japan site. Um and they also announced that a demo is in production. It's supposed to be out before the end of the year. They weren't specific, but it's supposed to be out uh, for both the Japan and the West. And so I, that's... I really oh, I missed the part about the West. What? We no, it's that the, the demo. Oh, that's what I mean. Like, we get the demo, too. Okay. 
Well, um, I would. I they didn't. They weren't explicit, but I would assume yeah. so because yeah. everything they've announced so far has been for both us and them. If not, if not, you could just always get the Japanese account and download it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have one. Yeah, so who cares? Yeah. Uh, and it's probably going to be more of that time attack stuff anyway. That's probably what the demo is going to be, that score challenge. That's that, that's okay mm-hmm. with me, man. I just want to get into that combat system. Yeah. <laughs> Fight that giant uh, waves after waves of enemies. Um, but yeah, it looked it looked amazing. The art style is still uh, great. I, I can't wait to play it. But yeah, you said February 23rd for Japan. That's still just Japan's release date. Mm-hmm. They did not uh, confirm when it's going to be out in the West. They're still staying early 2017. So... Maybe a week after, maybe a month after. Hopefully, it's it's very soon, just because it'd be nice to jump into that. I mean, it'd all be kind of screwed if it's like the day and date, right? Because it's like of the week after Persona Five, or like a few weeks after. I mean, Persona that's 5. yeah. I guess, I guess um, it's it's just a really difficult time, just because it's like you've got mm-hmm. all these games coming out in February, and then you've also got like the end of January, where not only is Yakuza 0 and Kingdom Hearts 2.8 going to be out January 24th, same day. Uh, Yakuza 6 is also out uh, that same month. Same with Valkyria, Azure Revolution, as out in January as well. Just like those two months, just a lot of games. Danganronpa comes out in January. Yeah, Danganronpa V3, which let's get right into that. Uh, Good segue. New Danganronpa V3, they shared a new trailer at the playstation sony conference uh confirming a january 2017 release date uh they also showed off all the characters that are going to all the 16 characters that are the cast they had that a little bit early reveal in famitsu as well showing what they look like but they we revealed them again i kind of forget because they had all that news from december of last year about what the game is going to be kind of like um apparently like the court system is supposed to be more fast-paced uh, like yeah. you got less time to work with when you're trying you can to listen to two. Yeah. Once. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're trying to like decide who's, <laughs> who's telling the truth and who's not. It's, it's supposed mm-hmm. to be way more cool hearings. Yes. Dual <laughs> hearings. They also finally confirmed that it's not robot. Robo Negi. <laughs> Negi uh, is going to, he's not the protagonist this time. It's the female protagonist. Kaede, um, uh, was it Akamatsu is the actual female protagonist. Uh, we were talking about like the Hoge, the little hair strand is not quite <laughs> as pronounced as it was in Nagi's, uh, in his um, previous designs, not even the robot one. His is just like a straight, like shot up and shot like a, a, a like a 45 degree angle. It's really bizarre looking. Uh, but the way they describe her character, uh, she's like, if you don't know what she looks like, she's like this blonde uh, student uh, that's got like this, Got like this the typical Japanese school uniform with like the 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 sweater vest, the tie, and the skirt, and the knee high socks. Um, but she's supposed to be like this very reliable and responsible type of girl with like a bright and positive personality. Um, I'm sure that'll go over well. Naturally takes charge and leads others. Uh, she's got like a strong determination and the ability to take action when she needs to. So she's just like you know the past main characters. Uh, I guess. She's probably. I guess, she seems like she's got a stronger will than the previous ones because they 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 seem like they're more like uh, weak to that type of stuff. Where she seems more like commanding, more. Uh, she's more uh, hands-on type of person, which will be interesting to see that that dynamic of someone who's got like a stronger foundation to work with. But I'm just I'm just looking at like the picture of like the like cast of characters and then this new Danganronpa V3 and just like some of their designs like just. Awesome. What the hell? <laughs> They're great. It's Dangarompa. It's kind of hilarious because at the same time, they had the TGS stage show, uh, which was just them trying to like 
present their theories about what what these characters are about, like what their talents are, because it's still that type of thing where they each have their own special talents. Um, like me, only me and Andrea have actually played those games. Uh, Josh, you haven't, but that's kind of the basis is that they have these ultimate talents, and that's the thing. In this game, they're supposed to be inmates, uh, and but they still have these special talents that they're supposed to use when they're there. So they were coming up with all these crazy things, like, well, this person's clearly like a, a bug collector. This one's uh, uh, Bancho, uh, this uh, delinquent leader of sorts, and all these other things like uh, a magician, a smoker. It was really all off the rails at some point. Point being, the devs are not going to talk about what the talents are. And so it's going to come and go. The game's going to be released, and then we're going to find out for ourselves. It's kind of what the it seems like they're doing here. Um, who knows if it's going to be smoked in a magazine issue sometime, but we'll see what happens. But that's 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 kind of the big news about new Duncan Rupa V3, uh, the new footage. We've got that up on the site as well. You can check out. Another thing they announced, uh, Koei Tecmo had their little thing. Uh, they shared Musu Stars, which reminds me of uh, Warriors Orochi 3 and that they had a Dynasty Warriors game and they had like characters from like Ninja Gaiden show up and Dead or Alive characters. But they in this one they have Toki Den, but also Sophie from Atelier Sophie showing up. And there you she, go. You probably got a Atelier Muso. She <laughs> kind of just shows up and she seems so out of place with her like her like her magic rod, just like batting people over. It's so weird to see her there. It's Sophie just mercilessly like slaughtering armies. No, Crazy. no, because in Dynasty Warriors you always KOing people. You never kill anyone. It's always oh, KO. Okay. <laughs> this is why China has like over a billion people because <laughs> none of them never died in wars and they always just got knocked out. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So they they uh, they showed that it was just a trailer, um, but uh, they might have more details to share later. But yeah, it's like all it's like Koei Tecmo's version of Smash Brothers is what. It kind of became <laughs> their like, version is a Dynasty Warriors. Instead of yeah, their version is actually a Dynasty Warriors game with all these characters showing up. Um, oh, we didn't put this here, but they announced that the Berserk game, Berserk and the Band of the Hawk, the Band of the Hawk, which is weird because it makes it sound like Berserk is a person, <laughs> which is yeah, it's, it's so yeah, really like, a bad name. It should be Berserk guts and the Band of the Hawk or something like I that. Forgot, they said release dates about that. It's sometime next year, I think. Early 2017, I think, is all they got to. Uh, um, I, I know they have a solid release date. Uh, I have to go find it. I, I, I can I can look this up real quick. But um, we're gonna we're gonna find this up. But that's like the Berserk game. They've got like. I think they said it's got like 40 characters or something like that. And or maybe it was 20, but not all of them are playable. But they have like a, a significant amount of them. It's in February. I know that because Koei Tecmo. Yeah, February 21st. Okay. Oh, my God. It's a lot of games. Yeah. February 21st. So February 21st in uh, North America, February 24th in uh, Europe. Yeah, but oh, my God. So many games in February. Um. Uh, and, and they also shared, we already talked about Kingdom Hearts 2.8, uh, put out a new trailer for that, launching on January 12th in Japan, January 24th in the West, so just a couple weeks removed, which is great. Uh, I love that when we get games so close to the Japanese release, which I think even at, at some point, um, Square Enix was putting out games like day and date, or at least early. I know Nintendo does that. They put out games in the west before they come out in japan it's so weird i think zelda games have done that before and i think that's just a crazy thing that that, that it can happen that way i guess it just means that obviously a bigger industry here or a bigger audience of people fans of that but also speaking of square enix they announced a new itadaki street 
or Fortune Street, as it know, as it's hell yeah, that's what uh, I'm. Here. It's called uh, Giant Quest. No, it's Itadaki Street, Final Fantasy, and Giant Quest 30th Anniversary. Um, I know Andrea and Josh, you are big fans of that series, but just about stocks. It's like Capital. a it's like Mario Party with stocks. Is what it is. <laughs> it's really bad. you buy you invest in properties or whatever. It's like Monopoly mixed with it's, yeah. It's kind of like a yeah. Monopoly remix. Yeah. It's uh, it's cool. I mean, the, it's not. It's definitely not an RPG, but it's, uh, I like seeing more board games. I guess, especially ones that have uh, RPG franchises that are so closely integrated into, like, you know, the theme of it. And it, it Adaki has always been kind of like one of those quirky ones. Yeah, yeah I love these like little mishmash love letter type games to all these franchises. So it's, that's it's great, but we've only had one version ever get localized, so I don't know if that'll yeah, yeah. be here. But it's cool. I'll import this one. Yeah, oh, for the oh. Wii, yeah, Fortune 2 for the Wii, but um, I don't know, probably sold like 100 copies or something like that. Like, two of them happen to be maybe you two. Um, but <laughs> that's, the chances of being localized aren't high, but it's cool that it's it's celebrating the 30th anniversary of both series. Uh, speaking of which, like, Square Enix even, like, put up a Final Fantasy 30th anniversary portal, um, and they're going to be celebrating it all this time. I don't know what I, I, I kind of forget already what they're planning on doing, but they did put up a portal, uh, a website sorts. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and they also announced Final Fantasy 15. It has a special Luna edition PS4. Uh, it was announced for Japan at the conference, but they shortly thereafter announced it for, uh, North America and Europe. And it's going to be a launching on November 29th with the game itself. It's and just a PS4 Slim model, not yes. a PS4 yeah. Pro. It's I a PS4 it. Slim. It, it, yeah, it's a Four PS4. life choices. The, the <laughs> thing that bothers me the wrong way is that... Um, so, it doesn't bother me that it's a PS4 Slim. These things are planned months in advance. And it was supposed to come out in late September. That seemed obvious. Like, yeah. they were talking about all this time. The fact that the PS4 Slim launched on September 15th. The game is supposed to be out on September 30th. People that were expecting a PS4 Pro version to be announced, that's ridiculous. That just doesn't work in terms of like the the um, the the talk behind the scenes. You know, the the, the logistics behind it don't make sense. So um, that didn't bother me one bit. Uh, they did show off like it comes with like a cool looking PS4 Slim with like a crazy design that fills up the whole PS4 Slim. Um, because the face plates, you can't use those on the PS4 Slim. The ones that like, the hard drive plates that they announced that you can mostly get those in Japan, but they do have some of them here as well. In this case, it's just like it's like a decal for the whole system itself, and it's even got a design on the DualShock uh, 4 controller that comes with it. Comes with the deluxe version of the game, which comes with just not the not just the game, but Keen's Glaive as well, the Blu-ray copy of that. The problem that I have with it is that it's four hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty expensive. The PS4 Slim is three hundred dollars. You could buy the game and a deluxe edition for what? What is that like seventy dollars? But it's not the Luna edition. You have to pay another seventy dollars exactly. just for the decal. I just I can't agree with that. That's premium grade decal. If it was four hundred dollars, I could believe in that. Um, I liked how Aaron Aaron said immediately she was going to buy that. And I was thinking she has that Final Fantasy 13 PlayStation 3 special edition <laughs> that they put out. And she doesn't even Woo! like 
anyone who knows Aaron knows she doesn't like Final Fantasy 13. So I was like, of course she's going to buy that. it. She seems iffy on Final Fantasy 15 as it is, but she immediately was going to buy The Luna edition, dog. She's going to buy a PS4 Pro even if she doesn't have a... She only has a 1080p <laughs> TV. It's, she just... She, anything Final Fantasy related, she'll spend money and she'll spend it like once in, once in cash. She does not care about that. Uh, okay, think about it like this. If it was like double the price, it's called the Stella edition, though. Stella edition, like, she would cry. <laughs> she, 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 she'd still buy it. She would buy it. It's... <laughs> Oh my god! It's that's that's yeah. Just to rub it in, in her faces, <laughs> the Stella edition. Because oh I, I I would have died laughing. They called the Stella edition. They heard that. I was like, I kind of wish it was called. The that Stella. was my thing. It's like when I saw Luna edition, I thought it's a lunar, and so I was like, okay, I guess it's about the moon or. A... <laughs> and that's, I didn't I didn't make the connection right away, but I saw Aaron make a face on on Twitter. <laughs> I was like, oh, good. Oh, that's right, Luna Freya. Okay, that that makes more sense. Um, but yeah, that's. That's uh, Square Enix had a big coming out party at at the at the conference, and that was that was cool to see with the whole new footage of the game itself and all kinds of stuff. It was it was great. Um, and then finally wrapping up with Sony's conference, they also shared uh, some more footage of that side games. Oh, well, I guess they didn't show new footage. They showed it's like the extended, same trailer. Like extended trailer. Slightly, there, there was it was barely anything new from that. But they did announce that. It was coming to PlayStation 4, but people already seemed pretty confident that was going to happen just because it's it's a Japanese game. It's going to come out on PlayStation 4. Duh. Uh, it's not going to be on Xbox One. Um, developed by Platinum Games, but announced for 2018. So... Yeah, so I won't care for a good one. Yeah, but it looked awesome. It looked really cool. And I wonder if there's going to be any real tie-in besides like a weird collaboration with the mobile version. Um, If anything, Akihiko Yoshida had a great coming out party as well. I say coming out party, that just seems wrong. Uh, I just mean like he had a good showing there because he designed the, you know, Grand Blue Fantasy. Uh, uh, Well, that was Yoshida, right? I'm not not blanking on this. I'm blanking on the names. I think so. I think I'll just say I'll just nod and say all right. <laughs> I, I have mean, no I, idea. I think he designed the characters in Granblue Fantasy. Yes, he did. He did do Granblue Fantasy. Yeah. He also Final Fantasy fourteen, but also Nier Automata. That those are his designs. He's a busy, busy guy. Uh, yeah. and so it's cool to see him get all this great work because his designs are so incredible. And so I was I was happy to see all that. And it's in Nier Automata, of course, uh, his way more mature designs that are just nice to see um being turned into actual character models uh he's he's up there with like uh ayamo and all these other crazy great designers so uh it's nice to see that happening but moving into tokyo game show proper it's a lot of the same stuff um but with way more details and so what we didn't mention from the pre uh, TGS conference is that Neo uh, from Koei Tecmo, the Onimusha meets Dark Souls game, uh, has announced for a worldwide release on February 9th. Another February game. Yes. Berserk. And you've also got Neo coming out in February. Uh, so, yeah, February 9th. Um, they showed footage of the new characters, like Nobunaga's wife is going to be one of the oh, yeah. bosses you fight, apparently, in that game. Uh, but also, they did kind of briefly touch on the uh feedback that they got from the beta and and the things that they're going to be working on so stuff they talked about is that they are still working on fine-tuning the game balance and the pace um they also going to work on the rpg elements such as the player growth and armor parameters and further improvements like the clarity of the interface because it's still kind of confusing to jump around um uh 
let's see here. What else did they talk about? It was like they also going to have like a um, they're going to improve the tutorial because it, it was very simplistic. It didn't do enough. Uh, a lot of players felt like um, they're going to improve the controls itself, like the third person controls uh, and, the, and the skills. They're going to add more skills for you to use and um, and deal with. Uh, they're going to make adjustments to the damage that you're dealt with and um, uh, adjust the methods and performance of lowering the enemy stamina. Some of the stuff is like super complicated, very technical, but um, also make adjustments like the weight of the armor that you carry, um, adjust Small. enemy positioning. A lot of the stuff seems That's to be like the same as what yeah. happened from the alpha, like the adjust uh, the enemy locations. Little details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the enemy detection issues like enemies could sometimes detect you from like across the map which is really bizarre still great yeah 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 uh and and just yeah more parameters um let me see what else i'm i'm, I'm looking over this list that gamatsu posted um uh expand the maximum number of items that you can carry overall number and and per item use um <coughs> excuse me i have a dry throat so pardon me if i'm gonna cough a little bit um uh, just the amount of armor items dropped. So I guess it's that they just were the variety wasn't really there, which I can totally understand. It just seemed like I was getting a lot of a certain item more than others. Um, let's see here. Expand the functions of the blacksmith. Adjust the requirements of reforge and soul match. So it was it, it was like using the blacksmith, which was a new thing for the beta, a new addition to that. Uh, I it was very random. It was like a lot of gambling going on, and it didn't seem like you ever had the stuff necessary to reforge your weapon into a much more stronger uh, item itself. I had someone who was like level 80 helping all these people online and he still <laughs> didn't use the blacksmith much because it was just, it seemed like there was very little meaning to it behind uh, for it itself. Um, let's see here. What else was there? Um, yeah, it still talks about expanding the tutorial, adding the ability to turn on and off the camera autocorrect um so the camera would sometimes just swing behind you without you wanted it to uh which was kind of annoying if you're trying to run away from an enemy at times uh and yeah it just um it's very technical uh it's just it's, it's, it's a game of development yeah, yeah yeah it's it's very it's very technical it's yeah. there's still frame rate issues that they're still working on that kind of stuff let's see here uh the frame they also got like a the beta demo they had the survey results about it it just yeah it's yeah. people seem to be a lot happier with the beta go figure <laughs> that's that's kind well, of i mean uh, that, that's what you hope for out of like feedback uh from alpha from the alpha but at least a more improved product yeah I, i'm happy to say that i did beat the whole beta when i awesome. didn't go to the twilight stages but i did i did beat the bosses uh, I cheesed one of the the side bosses by just running around like this giant rock that was off to the side. I just kept he kept having to chase me around this rock for for ages, and I kept catching him uh, <laughs> as it were. So that was cool. Uh, also, uh, what they also talked about um, at Tokyo Game Show, uh, we've got videos up on the site. Besides Final Fantasy 15, Liam Edwards was at Tokyo Game Show. He's got an impressions video. Valkyria Azure Revolution. Uh, they did reveal. Um, the new trial beta demo thing 2.0 uh they showed a lot more about that josh you you know about about this than i do yeah the uh showed off a new story trailer uh, featuring a little bit cutscene story bits 
uh, on the Valkyrie Azure Revolution. Still very much a politically uh, based conflict and whatnot. Um, but as for the gameplay itself, which I was really curious to see uh, how that was upgraded, it's uh, it's weird now. I I lo I heard uh, Liam's impressions on it in his video. He described it as a hybrid between real time and strategy RPGs in terms of the battle flow. Um, when you start a mission, it's kind of like uh, Chronicles, where you have like an overhead map and it shows like the actual map, like battle plans layout, uh, and shows the route and the to your destination. But engaging battle encounters is all in real time. There's not like a, a gauge that shows how much you can move. Uh, so in the footage that was actually shown, there was a, a place where you can like hide in grass with your group, with the group, and then you can actually fire your rifle into a group of enemies, like uh, before you engage them in battle. And then so you you get their attention, you run up to them, and um, it's weird because it looks like uh, a Muso game, a Dynasty Warriors kind of game. Because like uh, most of the characters have like you know swords, uh, fantasy weapons, and whatnot. Yeah, it's not uh, like muskets and stuff. Like, it's not like old World War Two. <laughs> muskets is off, but it's like a World War Two <laughs> design, like a very militaristic. It's that. It's like uh, the way Liam had described the characters. They look like Star Ocean characters in this in this more in this military uh, design. It's it's really bizarre. Yeah, so you have like kind of like this uh, AP kind of gauge that's like by your character portrait. It's kind of a small circle that kind of dictates. Okay, you can't just like swing your butt sword forever. There's always going to be like some downtime, and you have to like kind of position yourself. So like every time you like do an action, it causes like a reaction from the enemy. So kind of, there's kind of like a a hidden turn like based kind of scenario between exchanging blows, but also there's like this battle menu that'll freeze time. Uh, to let you know, like say, select grenades because like uh, everything works off of ragnite points now. Kind of like your like, think of ragnite points as like your magic gauge. Yeah. So like uh, you have these items, you can throw like a smoke uh, grenade to like confuse the enemy, and then uh, the battle demo stream had like you, they threw a smoke grenade to uh, confuse them, and then the chick had like some sort of cyclone spell, and then it shows like kind of like a, an overview of like okay, this is the route that it's gonna take. So. That she cast like a, a cyclone spell into that crowd, crowd uh, at the expense of some ragnite points. So there's like since, since it's more of a fantasy setting, there's a magic in it as well through the power of ragnite, and um, it's it's weird. I like it feels it still feels kind of janky in my opinion. I'm not, not like it looks. Kind of stiff. Complicated, yeah, and stiff and complicated. Yeah. It's definitely not a Valkyrie Chronicles. I yeah. think people are still expecting him like to swing the whole different way for the second demo uh, to become Valkyrie Chronicles four, but it's still not going to be that. It's it's, still, it's, it's, it's hybrid. It's, it's, it's uh like the battle animations are still kind of like very much in development. I, I it's much much more improved than the first battle demo. Yeah, he was talking about like it's not quite turn based. It's that you you. Do your move, and then you can basically run anywhere you want on the map until ready shows up on your screen, and you can do another move. It's 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 like you've got like this time to escape if you need to to recoup, and then get right back into the battle if you need to. It's it's really it's going to take a lot to get used to, but I think yeah. it just needs to be explained better. I think yeah. from the developers, I, I, not from Liam, of course. Yeah, definitely. But I I think you know some of the its visuals, like even though like it's kind of. The, the character models themselves are kind of not really that canvas engine kind of style. Uh, the environments are de definitely seem more in that uh, spirit. But it still looks great, yeah. It's, it's, it's still, it still looks, looks great. It's, 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 it still looks great for sure. A lot of vibrant colors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the like the effect like the effect in the smoke was kind of weird. I didn't necessarily like it, but it did. When you were in the smoke, it had kind of had that canvas engine sketch yeah. outlines to show where you where you were. 
I'm not sure that's too great, but I think I think the the concept of like having like these big mechanical boss battles, like say like that uh, mechanical scorpion spider thing at yeah, the end, yeah. that, that like you can uh, attack uh, several parts of it to like uh, disable its functions and whatnot. That seems cool. I I don't know. I I'm still I still remain mixed on it, but I I can see where they're what they're going for, and um, it'll it'll take some time, and I hope they continue to really improve upon it. For sure, there's still a lot of polishing that needs to be done. Yeah, it's great that like Valkyra Azure Revolution and Neo, they're clearly taking a lot of feedback from the betas. It's not like a marketing demo. It's clearly meant to be. They need feedback. They need to know what people think. And so I think it's amazing that you can do that. And people at TGS were even able to go like the Sega booth and pick up their own like a code for the demo. So there, it seems like there's gonna be a lot more people playing yeah. that version just because of them doing something as crazy as that. It's not. Like a I really want to see those like that, like different tactics people come up with. Absolutely, absolutely. So that should be great. Um, Andrea, uh, they also had a big thing about Final Fantasy fourteen, the patch three point four, uh, which is supposed to be out. Was it like the end of the month or something? Or? Yes, so yeah. it comes out at the end of the month. Um, the biggest thing, like my takeaway from it all, is the Sophia fight. For um, if you've played Final Fantasy VI, the the part with what are they like called? The, it's the like tribe? a weird, like a head with like a woman on top. It's yeah, just... it's what are they calling him? The the something triad warrior triad. triad I love triple War. triad. No, <laughs> wrong. No, <laughs> um, but anyway, there's those it's, three it's, things it, you're in right. Tempest it's, it's Tower. The, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I uh, it's. I think you're right. It's like the warring the triad. triad. That was yeah. Yeah. So we have um, Sephiroth already out, um, and then they're adding Sophia, and the music, of course, is incredible. Um, yes. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most is this huge fight. She looks so scary. <laughs> yes, she does. Yes, she does. It's. I mean, her original design was was crazy enough, just because like you got like this giant head with like horns coming out, like a, right. and this beautiful woman on top. But she was hard. <laughs> I remember her being difficult to beat. Right. Yeah. No, they they scared me. I think kid. even speedrunners have a hard time with her. That's that's yeah. challenging. But yeah. But the the fourteen version looks great. Um, makes me curious for the third one. Um, what else? They're adding apartments to the game, which is awesome. If you're on a high population server like I am, Leviathan, you can't find housing. Um, they added new plots um, like three or four months ago, and it was like five a.m. when the servers opened up. Um, I hopped on as soon as they opened up. I got a plot, and maybe within five minutes, everything was bought. Oh um, my god! Yeah, and harsh. people resell the lots for like twice what they pay. <laughs> Flipping nice. yeah. plots, it's just yeah, straight it's up like, like flip my house by the way. So apartments, I mean, it's it's cool for those that like they don't have the gill on hand to just go buy a house from one of these crappy resellers. <laughs> um, they're adding um, new furniture so I can waste all my time decorating again. Um, we get aquariums. I'm very excited to like let my fish die, um, because that's what I did in Mass Effect. So. Oh, are you my nephew? <laughs> Just get fish yeah, yeah. let them die in Final Fantasy. But <laughs> no, what else are they adding? I don't, they've they have that book coming out that I really want, and you were telling me before the podcast. Um, will they be taking like pre-orders at FanFest? Yeah, they're t- they're yeah. taking yeah. pre-orders at FanFest. A pre-purchase. It's called the Encyclopedia Eorzea, the World of Final yes. Fantasy fourteen, which has got a ton of like art, but also you know con- like the 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 canon and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. it's it's supposed to be like a, a big book. It's only like I think it's supposed to be like forty dollars is what they're saying or four thousand yen. Uh, I'm just kind of equating the two now, but yeah, it's supposed to be a, a a lore compendium is what they're calling it. And so yeah, I think obviously if you're a fan, 
even if you're not a fan, just want to see a lot of Akiko Yoshida's art and all that, um, seems like it's a perfect thing to have. Is there going to be 1.0 right. stuff in there? It's a lore companion after all. I'm, uh, well, the fact that a lot of that stuff carried into yeah. that, I would assume so. Just cause it the, did. Yeah. The, the games, yeah. I mean, they, they work off of each other, so I wouldn't see why not. But that game is so deep with lore and rich. Even everything from, like, little side quests that you can totally miss that adds to that realm, like, I don't know. I'm really excited for this book. Yeah, and as someone who doesn't play it, part. I would get it. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is, is the great is the great house flipping crisis uh, part of the lore now? <laughs> yes, it's the great economic crisis. I mean, if it's anything like four, like Final Fantasy XI, like the auction house crises all the damn oh time. God. Yeah, that was such a nightmare. Like you want to get something like a simple stack of something, it was like uh, like ten times, twenty times, a hundred times the price that just you going out and getting it yourself it was that was the worst time I, in that in that entire game's history just like how yeah. abused it was and they had to get rid of all the resellers it was it's a nightmare yeah i think they're taking steps now to um punish people for flipping the houses and all of that but i mean what wow. can you do people do it on reddit they flip it so you don't actually have a chat log of you Doing trying it to oppose game. free market economy. Can't believe this. Right. <laughs> if, if you do it in the party finder, they get rid of you. But good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. But yeah, I mean, just to own that book. And, yeah, but yeah, the fan fest. Um, we should mention that you uh, and Kyle and Aaron are all going to be attending that event in Las Vegas. Um, I think Susan Calloway even mentioned she's going to have a big surprise for people. She's going to announce next week or this week, I guess, because it's Sunday. Uh, and so she's going to announce that she's a house flipper too. Yeah. She's a house flipper. It's going to be great. She's going to give you all the top <laughs> tips about flipping your plots in your apartments. And that's going to be all it's going to be. It's like a big, like, um, she, she even has a new song to commemorate it. Yeah. Song. Uh, she's going to see the theme song, of the TV show. It's going to be like 30 minutes long. It's going to take up most of the actual fan fest itself, like workshops. Secret. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to have a radio show. It's going to be great. Uh, but it's, that's it seems like it's going to be a hell of an event and um everyone's think it's going to be like the big reveal for porno uh which oh, people that don't know it's a oh, realm reborn was 2.0 heaven's word was 3.0 4.0 that's what people are going to be thinking about so and then they're going to say that the playstation 3 version is going to go the way of the dodo it's going to <laughs> then they're going to stop that's what everyone's hoping i think is they actually did say before that uh, the, it was a false rumor that it was going to end at 4.0's release. The, in, in this case, it's that it's it, they're considering whether to end it soon after. But I can only imagine that they're just going to cut development on that release. I mean, How about even the- with A Realm Reborn, whenever I was interviewing Yoshida, he brought up the PlayStation 3 and was talking about how the the end of that that console was affecting their dev cycle for it. So they had to like rush it and crank it out. Yeah, I um, I can only imagine, and I. I would only think that Sony with the PlayStation 4 Pro around the corner, they're going to dial back production of the PlayStation 3 because what else are they going to do uh, at this point? So, yeah, that's that's uh, was that when's that like October 27th or something? I forget what. Uh, 14th. October 14th. Man, you've only got a month. Are you prepared? Yeah. You still got like you're still sending for a test. <laughs> uh, no, my test is on the thirtieth, so it's all easy from there. She'll Imagine if you had that in Final Fantasy 15 the same day. Do you? Are you? Are you? Excited for 15, actually? I am. I am. Well, I mean, I played it at Gamescom. I played like shit. I am. But but I like, oh, yeah. We're going to have we're gonna have an impressions piece <laughs> coming yes. up soon. People are going to be... I mean, I'm excited for the characters. I'm not excited for everyone looking like they over-sharpened their hair in Photoshop. But... Yeah. 
That's kind <laughs> the, of the, a, hair, the hair still bothers me. That's, <laughs> I think I think everyone on staff is pretty much of the uh, in agreement is that we're excited for the game, but for varying degrees of excitement. Yeah. So we'll see we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a wait and see. But that's kind of the thing that Final Fantasy is known for is that it doesn't always. Uh, I mean, the, the trailers can be exciting, but when you get into the game itself, you're more interested in seeing character development and things like that. Like me personally, I guess I'm not that interested in the cast, but I know that it, it's it's going to probably tell a good story. The combat seems a lot better, a lot smoother. That's what Liam was talking about, that things move a lot quicker and more fluid than they did in the earlier demos, like the Platinum demo and the... Um, when it's not freezing. Uh, episode disc, yeah, disc. <laughs> yeah, when it's not freezing, like there's the still frame rate issues and stuff like that. But um, he was also mentioning that it's the same demo from like Gamescom, maybe even earlier. So maybe they've worked all that out. That's the thing people got to know is that the demos that we play at like at E3 or Gamescom or PAX mm-hmm. uh, uh, can be months old. So it's not always the best impression. And I think we try to kind of make that clear. Hey, at least yeah. we don't have to wait for like a big lore book for FF15 universe because it already has like what two mobile games, one full film, <laughs> um, five yeah. like uh, anime, anime of five episodes. Uh, I'm waiting for the novel. Two, they did announce <laughs> a new mobile game that's set, uh, that's set in the Final Fantasy 15 universe, Keen's Knight just based on a game that had its 30th anniversary today. I don't think anyone liked that game, the old one. I think everyone had problems with that game. Right. And so it's weird that they're making a new one based off of that because I think everyone hated it or at least didn't have anything fun to say. That's why no one really remembers it. It's, it was like a shooter, a side-scrolling shooter. Um, that Just go play Dirt of Servers instead. Oh. No, <laughs> we're good. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on from that. Actually, was there anything else that they talked about Final Fantasy fourteen or fifteen in case? Because I want to move on entirely from that. I don't think they don't think said so. much else. Oh, they did show off like more merchandise and stuff like that. And they did they showed the regalia. <laughs> the funniest thing about regalia is that people were concerned that it was gonna be on rails. Uh the someone who was like on the controls at, at a stage show showed him actually crashing into like different cars and, and oh, really? spinning out and like like Flipping like 180 in the middle of the street. Okay, that's pretty rad. All right. Yeah, that's you can take it off the road just a bit. I don't. It, and there's like dirt roads and stuff like that. So at least there's like some control over that. And he was having fun with it. All of these is a notoriety meter to, for the fucking enemies to. My, my problem is that if you do enough damage and you your car does take damage, like if you do enough damage, if your car like breaks down in the middle of the road. And you have to push your car all the way back to the station. <laughs> that seems indie. miserable. Like the bro- real world. <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously, the fantasy like, based yeah. in reality. It's true. Like, was it? I, I, I'm going to keep calling her Sydney because I think that's her name. It's Cynthia, or whatever. Oh. But uh, she do, she is supposed to like, you know, drive your car up to you and like drop it off. Oh, um, so she's like triple A now. <laughs> she is basically triple A. I wonder. If that- <laughs> It's like, oh, man, she gets the worst of it, I think, at that point. Like, you keep Noctis is already super shy around Holy like, shit, I'm tired. I cannot, like, I, I, she's just uh, the, she's the fucking automobile insurance person in that yeah. game to me now. Okay. She comes around with, like, her four clip. Like, she comes around with, like, her, her, she tows your car away, that kind of thing. It's, at the, at this point, I kind of, I kind of expect to have, like, a TV commercial of, uh, Sydney, like, doing a triple A, uh, just automobile insurance. I mean, commercial. we'll is call her Sydney because that's what she like should have been named, but she's not going to be Sydney anymore. Uh, is, is it Cynthia really? I, 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 uh-huh. or they changed her name for the Western version for some dumbass reason. It's Sid. Sydney. It makes perfect sense. We're gonna. I'm gonna keep complaining about this even if they fix that like two years. I'm ago. always at a car Sydney to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, that was 
that was they had like Square Enix had like fifteen or twenty stage shows. Um, for there was a couple of noodle in one. Pre-order your uh, your jackets now. Your final three hundred and fifty dollar <laughs> jackets. Jacket. Super gaudy looking thing. Well, okay, ugliest... I, I, want, I want I want FF fifteen branded cup of noodles now. Yeah, they did announce the cup of noodle cup of noodle in game advertisements. They've got like not just the food itself, but like there's gonna be trucks. There's gonna be like billboards there's gonna be like hell yeah quest that is really the, really fucking popular the side quest that, that itself and even have like a shots of them like in, a, in, a, in their camps eating couple noodles in front of the coleman tents just <laughs> on station i mean people like people like uh, talk about like games that like metagross solid have in-game advertisements metagross solid's based in earth <laughs> Final Fantasy is, is based like a whole other fantasy world. It's just it's yeah. such a weird thing, and people. I don't like it. I don't like it at all either. It's I it's, want fast it's food uh, drive-throughs with that regalia. To be honest, oh my God, they should have uh, double cheeseburger, please. Regalia with like a it's like a. Also like, would like that. that didn't they actually good. make a Rolls Royce or something like that? Like I forget what it is. Like uh, is like it like a, a brand for the regalia? Does is like a car manufacturer tied to the I regalia? It was. I thought it was like an Audi though. Yeah, I think it's an Audi. I want to say. Yeah, Audi. Is that how you say it? Audi or Audi? <laughs> Audi. It's it's. I think it's Audi. Um, it's like tomatoes, tomatoes, man. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's an R eight. It's an R eight. A regalia themed. Well, they made a, a one of a kind Audi. A regalia themed Audi. Audi R eight. So that's. We don't <laughs> we're not going to talk about it anymore. But yeah, the, even American Express has got a, a, a in a game advertisement. <laughs> Oh my God! It's this That's all that's missing. But yeah, like, people call, talk about like other games that have that in. Those are usually right. based in the real world, like their alternate history or like uh, like Alan Wake or something like that. It's like these are taking place on Earth, so it makes more sense that way. Yep. Uh, even if it's like shitty sometimes when that does have like Verizon or bullshit like that, but it's it's just so weird. Uh, and that's really it. I mean, it. it, it the fact that they even got quests based around it just seems so... I, just, I think it's jarring. It it's makes it jarring. feel out of place and uh, whatever. Okay. I mean, it, 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 they're going to keep announcing more and more of those, I think, by the time that we're, it does come out. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, it's just uh, a giant ad by the time we play. At least well, the I mean, they got to get some money somehow. <laughs> a couple of noodles yeah. in the game looks better than it does in the real in real life, and that just seems weird. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like this crappy like college, like uh, the only food you've got for su- sustenance. In the game, it looks like this beautiful gourmet oh. meal that you can enjoy. It's it's like, nah, it can't be. It's like, the fun, it's like McDonald's commercial. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but uh, they 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 said that the next Final Fantasy 15 active time report is going to take place. Um, was it at the end of October? I think at this. Um, I'm going to keep looking this stuff up. Um, <laughs> oh no, it's the end of this month. I'm sorry, September 30th, <laughs> which is odd. <laughs> it's like it's at, the outputs, at the Square Enix Cafe, which is going to have like a cool Final Fantasy 15 theme to it. Looks awesome. Uh, I, I can't. I can't wait till they open, open up. It's like, hey, it's also released today, huh? Yeah, yeah. Crazy, it's huh? Right. Odd. It's going to be odd. But now we're going to just <laughs> talk about the news. But man, they 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 up the the amount of active time reports before the game's release. Like, I think people are just tired of hearing about the games. Yeah, I'm super. Put tired. it out. Just put out. Put the game out. Let people enjoy it. It's. I think I'm sick of the marketing cycle at this point. I just want to play it. Right. At least Liam seemed excited about it, so that's that's enough about it. But let's stop talking about right. Final Fantasy for a moment and move on to other games that are exciting to be. Uh, God Eater. Mm-hmm. They announced 
uh, God Eater Online, which is a free-to-play mobile game, um, but it's uh, meant to be like more of an MMO. So what they're talking about is things like there's going to be up to like 100 people out in the field that you're going to be able to fight with. Um, I didn't really pay too much attention to it just because I was like, oh, great. They're going to do one of these. Yep, they got much. one up on Monster Hunter. At least Monster Hunter doesn't have a mobile game. It's I got a... Think it- does does it? It's got Frontier, which is blatant enough. Uh, it's just been out for like a decade. I want to say it PC did at once, but I thought like a year or two ago, but I can't remember its name. I'm gonna Whatever. Up. We're going to keep looking this stuff up because I, <laughs> I, I don't want to be wrong. Was it maybe Generations or something like that? Monster, no, gen, Generations. Oh, it's Monster yeah. Hunter Explore. I think there it, you go. I think it's there was a version. Yeah. No, that was announced this year, I think. Yeah, oh. it's, it was in soft launch earlier this year. Man, God Eater, stop trying to chase the coattails. <laughs> Just, I think they announced God Eater Online not that long ago. Yeah, it was like in the past week or two. But yeah. they also teased God Eater 3. The good news is is that um, the producer announced it, but both Bandai Namco Japan and America were there to present it. So it does appear that... Ben and Emco is being serious about their expansion into the West, which I would I would hope so. I mean, after all the releases, yeah, it's it's great to see that. Um, especially because they need to do that. Uh, that's what I kind of talked about in my reviews for both games is that they need to they need to be serious about this, but they also need to do more than just be another Monster Hunter game. Um, yeah, I, I, I hopefully like unless we at least we know that now like a proper new console version uh, exists. It's in development, and it's yeah. and and the competition's still there. Tokiden Two uh, recently announced to be uh, being released in America in early 2017. <laughs> uh, Atelier Fierce and Knights of Azure Two um, all coming to the West sometime in 2017. Tokiden Two is supposed to be like early 2017, I believe. But um, speaking of which, they announced a free-to-play Tokiden Two. Uh, in this case, though, it's it's um, it's going to be for PlayStation 4 and the Vita, and people who uh, play it, it's a free-to-play with microtransactions, but you're going to be able to enjoy the multiplayer version of the game, not the single player, but the multiplayer version, and you get to play cross-platform with the PS4 and Vita owners themselves. So that's I think that's great. Uh, I hope it's not pay-to-win. Because that's going to be weird that you're going to have that type of microtransactions and you're competing against like the console and. Have- I, I mean, either I, go go buy the full game at that point. Yeah, that's true. And uh, the thing about Tokiden is that you can take your like progress from like the single player version into the multiplayer. So that whole dynamic is going to be so bizarre at, at that point, like competing with those characters themselves. But I got to see Tokiden two at the stage show that they had at. Uh, TGS and that seemed really cool. It seemed to have some of the same character, like the same monsters, the Oni, as it were, that were in the uh, the Tokyden games. But this is supposed to be like an open world version of that, and it seems to have those types of elements. The weird thing is that, and Josh saw this, they announced Ragnar the Blood Edge uh, <laughs> from Blaze Blue is going to be a Mitama. And that's going to be a free October 6th, I think, is that, or maybe October 13th, I forget. It's going to be a free download for PS Plus owners in, in Japan. Um, and that and that's going to be a free download. So you can imagine it's going to be out in, in America and the West as well. And so, just, yeah. Yeah, it's, that's great because, it, it, like, if there's any Japanese voiceovers, I can have Sagita as my spirit animal in it. And 
I could have uh, sweet skills such as Gauntlet Hades. Gauntlet Hades. <laughs> hey, please. Thanks. Like, this weird, like, partnership with Arc System Works. Like, I, didn't, I wasn't expecting that at all. You're talking about <laughs> Koei Tecmo and Arc System Works working together. Um, we're, we're, we're trying to get through this news pretty quick because I know, Andrew, you've got some place to be. Um, Yakuza 6. I'm good. That was another huge unveiling for that game. Um, looks incredible. Looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. Holy hell. It looks really damn good. It does um, look really good. Yeah. And I think it's that, I forget, Josh, do you know what the story setup is? Because I know it's about like basically like, uh, I think it's a, a, a someone's baby. Yeah, is I, like it, this girl, okay, the, but also Kiryu okay, has to take care uh, of the child. In, uh, and Harukaka, she throws the child. It's it's so weird. Yeah, that's, that's one of the goofy segments. But the the main the main story stuff is something happens uh, to Haruka, uh, which is uh, closely related to uh, Kiryu, and uh, basically he comes back uh, into the mix, goes into the fold again. Wants to of wants course to the Yakuza world, Take it away. And, and, and he has to find out what the fuck happened there. Who the fuck did this? That's basically the setup. That's basically the setup. Um, but uh, but th- just in, in terms of like what they showed up in Yaku uh, for Yakuza Six, uh, obviously we heard uh, previous news of uh, catching the babies. Whole... <laughs> you actually put that in the. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a there's a point where B Takashi was throwing a baby to Kiryu. Yeah. Um, like, just slow motion, the baby's all happy. Like, yeah, yeah, it's still very much a goofy game uh, and whatnot. They showed a weird like clan creator mode, like through like because uh, Kiryu has like a Sony Xperia app, and it's like it's just an app, and there's Fire Pro Wrestling people in that. Like they're kind of, just like kind of like a it's like a they're basically a, a gotcha like based off game. actual wrestlers too. Yeah, yeah. I like someone said like they showed off like this character called the Ace of Japan. I don't know if he's a wrestler. I'm like I, I guess, but that's yeah. that's a pretty rad uh, wrestling name to have. It's like, a kind of star. Yeah, that's actually from the old Fire Pro Wrestling games it's human entertainment the people that made uh even like the people that made fire pole wants to make a new game so maybe that's just them like maybe if the people are still interested in this whole thing not only that but they even have like new japan pro wrestling wrestlers oh, yeah. are in a game <laughs> in the game itself um and they showed um, up all the new hostesses that are like people who are into like, live chat with them <laughs> you can live chat with them um First sh- person mode when you're walking around. They, um, they show like you can actually run from like outside into the actual stores themselves, and you have like destroying the stores, like kicking down like yeah. the store shelves, like with all the like all oh, the manga. No, it's like, just <laughs> causing all this crazy amount of destruction. Um, and, and, then a, and then a little bit of a, a run through also where the sequel takes place now. It takes place in Hiroshima, uh, showing off the Oromichi Jinkaicho uh, portion of it. And yes. whatnot, and that looks a uh, nice rural town, and whatnot, and it's like it's by a by a port also, so you'll have a lot of uh, fishing involved, of course, and uh, fishing. You can actually, and in the in the on the in the um the Sega Sega arcades, you can actually play a Virtua Fighter Five. They announced that like a little bit ago, but you can actually play a full version of Virtua Fighter Five Final, whatever that that version. That Final can, Showdown. Final yep. Showdown, yeah. Um, it just looks fluid as as all hell, like Very, even more so than before. Mm-hmm. Like it's just crazy what they do with this series. Yeah, and Sega seems pretty serious about releasing that series here in the West. There was like yeah, that so. lull there for a bit when they like didn't even localize Yakuza one and two remakes, but that was like for the Wii U or whatever. So I guess that seemed pretty odd. Uh, so I, I'm excited to see that, and I hope that you know we get to get to experience that very quickly. Cause yeah, for sure. It's we said like yeah, it's. Uh, Yakuza 6 is set to come out January 24th, the day and date with Yakuza 0 in the West. Um, <laughs> so hopefully we get no, that. I, I, think, I think, did they push it back? Because I know it was originally uh, December something for Japan. 
Yakuza 6. They did. Uh, was it delayed? Yeah, I think it was. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering. Uh, Just to make maybe it was December. I'm uh, December eighth. I'm sorry, you're right. It was December eighth is where it's, it's going to be coming out. But yeah, they're like a month apart. Biakaza Zero is on January twenty fourth. It's like the day after my birthday. I'm gonna have to celebrate with that game. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe I'll have to review Good it. Game. It must be like the the hell of my life. Um, but yeah, that was Yakuza 6. They had a lot to show off there. The game looked amazing. Hopefully we get that very soon. But let's wrap things up, get into the um, other release date announcements. Um, SD Gundam G Generation Genesis, which yeah. we always got to mention. English version, uh, the Asian release, but it's the English sub version uh, or English text version. Uh, is going to be released the same day as the Japanese release, which is the very first time that's happened. Uh, yep. November 22nd. Uh, the singer of the opening uh, theme song in there, uh, Yuko Yuko Suzuhana. It's just they just did a little stage event for her uh, up on TGS at a, a concert uh, with the opening and ending themes, but they showed that she's gonna be an actual selectable pilot in the the game and whatnot. So that's just a little neat thing to add in there because why not? Yeah, absolutely. And the uh, other announcements as well. Exist Archive gonna be released in the same date as it does in America, uh, October eighteenth. Downside in Europe, it's going to be released digital only, uh, whereas in America, it's going to be physical and digital. Um, and then East America had their own news to share. God Wars Future Past uh, from Katakawa Games of Natural Doctrine fame is going to be coming oh. early 2017 for PlayStation 4 and Vita, North America and Europe, physical and digital. They have a lot to prove because Natural Doctrine was not a good game. And uh, moving into what has to, must be the, like one of the most bizarre PR kerfuffles uh, that I've experienced in a long ass time, Digimon World Next Order. Ben and Emko first announced it. Uh, it was announced in Japan uh, coming to PlayStation 4. And so Bandai Namco turned around and said, all right, and this is on their Twitter accounts as well, besides PR, it's going to be released for the PlayStation 4 in the West, physically and digitally. Uh, actually, no, they announced it first as a digital-only release. Yeah, Let me be did. clear. And then Amazon happened to list it as a physical release as well. And so everyone's confused. Like, wait, uh, you guys just said in the press release it's going to be a digital-only release. But no, it's actually going to be released physically and digitally. So they came out and cleared that up. But also, Ben and Emko said, it's also coming to the Vita. And uh, you know people were already upset at the first place because the Vita version wasn't coming over. But then they said, no, it's actually going to be PS4, physical and digital, with a, a digital-only Vita release as well. They then came out after that with a second uh, correction to a correction saying, no, the Vita version isn't coming out um, because it, it's only going to be released in the West, PS4, physical, and digital. And they said, that's it. We're not going to fix this anymore. And they recently had an interview. I think it was like a game reactor. Um, cleared that up uh, with them saying that there's going to be 30 additional story quests. And these story quests aren't just tacked on at the end of it. This is actually going to kind of change the dynamic of the story in a sense. And so they felt like people were, it was too difficult to implement that into the beta version um, without making a lot of sacrifices. So they, they di- basically did that to, um, they didn't want to do that. And, you know, people were saying like things like, I just want the beta release. Who cares if it's missing that content? 
there's people still complaining uh, about missing content to this day uh, uh, for some games. Like, and the fact that I, there was so much like anger about Tokyo Xanadu, even like the EX Plus version not being localized, but the original release. Like, you guys were gonna bitch about it. So it's 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 uh, it makes a lot of sense that it was only gonna come out. And you can say that thing where it's like, well, at least you can remote play the PS4 version on your Vita. <laughs> it's it's a really good cop out response the, the to that. The PR thing was a hot mess. It was way. a real hot mess and another hot mess that was also mentioned is that dragon quest 8 for the 3ds uh recently was said is that and this was shown off in in actual someone's play test of the game uh is we're not going to get the orchestrated version uh yeah it's going to be dragon quest 8 with voice acting but not the orchestrated soundtrack just the original midi version which what the fuck yeah which i missed that dragon quest 7 (laughs) has no voice acting but it has the midi version of the of the the midi version of the soundtrack as well like the original version mm-hmm. that doesn't have voice acting but i imagine maybe it has to do with the text dragon quest 8 the japanese 3ds release had an orchestrated soundtrack a redone soundtrack with the tokyo fellow uh for Omarnik, the, the 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 orchestra that's over there they redid the soundtrack to make it even better but uh in the English release, it's not going to have that. I don't know if it's that they had a lot of trouble with the voice acting, and because there's a lot more, you know, text to read off, because English is more complicated than Japanese. You know, more letters and all that, more characters to deal with. Uh, but yeah, Nintendo has a lot to answer for. Oh, that's that's a bummer to hear. Super yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not going to be any better, guys. It's, it seems like Nintendo's making a lot of shortcuts. Hopefully, if they have a new handheld, that it's going to be more space. But we'll see. And finally, wrapping up, Akiba's trip is going to have an anime. Care of Gonzo, <laughs> Gonzo <laughs> thing of 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 uh like the seiyu show that josh seems to like uh anime so i guess seiyu that was all right that was the last good thing i've seen from them yeah not since like last exile when people actually were excited for a gonzo anime <laughs> yeah akibis trip anime announced uh from gonzo and then also tales of hysteria the cross getting a second season not really a season more like the second part because foldable your foldable likes to do or your full table they like to do those two-parters <laughs> that's what they're kind of known for yeah I, apparently the, the anime does uh changes up a lot of things in the games to make it better apparently it's, uh, i heard a lot of really good things about that show yeah. so it's something to work out but that's it for news um it's been we a hell, it. hell of a hell of a crazy thing uh liam edwards has been doing those videos he says he's got like more like half dozen more impression videos to come so be on the lookout for that we've already got one for final fantasy 15 and we just put up one for valkyria azure revolution that we were talking about earlier but let's get through the rest of this uh yeah andrea you've got an uh, impressions video impressions piece excuse me uh final fantasy 15 from gamescom that you're still working on that's gonna be up sometime very very soon it just okay. it's yeah it'll be up today as of this recording let's just talk about what you can find us you can find us on rpgsite.net also on Twitter, at RPG Site, which we're about to hit 40,000 followers. So thank you all very much for your support. It's been kind of crazy from the activity we've got from there. Also, YouTube.com slash RPG Site Net. You've got some impressions videos of that. We're going to have a lot more footage. Andrea and you, me, we have been talking about doing some upcoming streams. I'm super excited about. We won't talk yeah, too much this about week, maybe. this week. Oh, we could do it this week. Yeah, <laughs> Yes. I think so. We'll talk more about that later, though, because I don't want to do anything without knowing for certain. But unless you want to announce it here, I don't know. I was thinking I'm going to shoot for Thursday, if that works. I'm going to shoot for it. Okay. We won't talk about that right now. 
Uh, but yeah, super exciting stuff coming Watch up. Watch for it. Watch for it. Also on facebook.com slash rpgsitenet. We're also on Tumblr, rpgsitenet. And then TetraCast, subscribe to us on iTunes. Also through your favorite Android music player. You can find us on there. So that's what I listen to it on there. Also, uh, we also like to always promote our Discord, uh, tinyurl.com slash site Discord. It's been a lot more active as of late with all TGS news and whatnot coming about. It's been a very fun place to be. And then finally, I like to always thank my guests for this edition of the TetraCast. Thank you so, so much, Josh Torres and Andrea Sharon, for joining us. Not Andrea Torres, Andrea Sharon. <laughs> oh, you did you. it again? No, I didn't. Thank I did not. No. I okay, said it right this time. I'll okay, just, all right. Do that again. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, I like to, I once again, like to thank you both for being part of this uh, edition of the TetraCast. Hey, thank I didn't, uh, I'm not going to edit that out. I'm just going to accept it for what it is. Yeah, that's way to put it, right? It happens. Yeah. Thanks a lot for putting up with all this discussion that we had. Catch us next time on the next edition of the TetraCast. Goodbye, everyone. I'm going to play more Persona 5. Yes, I'm sure you will.